now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Good news is your dates are here. What's the bad news? They're dead. See, a United States Astro Robot becomes a creature of death. And these. We have come here to this planet for one purpose only, to acquire breeding stuff to repopulate our planet. Welcome to Bots, Bugs, and Babes, the B-Movie Podcast. From class to cult, so the cheese in between. The movies are beep, Darren Heyman is grade A. And I am your host, Mr. Jason Giaconetti, and I'm joined once again by my dad, Mr. Al Giaconetti. Good morning, Jay. Today we've got a movie that's basically an update of a previous movie. And uh, I guess one that this one here is really what the uh, the comic book really talked about and really showed you. It's called Dread. Yeah, and we'll get to it right after this. Time is passing at one percent its normal speed. If we play this right, we could take the whole city. Peachtree's is the manufacturing base for all the slow mo in Mega City One. You know how often we get a judge up in Peace Trees? Well, you got one now. She has control of everything. Levels one to two hundred. This is Mama. Somewhere in this block are two judges. That's not good. I want him dead. We're gonna have to go through him. Rookie, you ready? Yeah. You look ready. Fire! Judgment time. Let's finish this.
sentence is death. Dread was released July, well, July 11th, 2012 at the San Diego Comic-Con. That was its switch release in the U.S. The uh, U.K. release was September 7th of the same year, and then South, uh, South Africa's release was September 28th, with a 95-minute running time. Um, your budget was um, anywhere reported from 30 to 45 million, with your box office just under 42 million. Um, so this movie did not make a lot of money. Your director here is Peter Travis. Now Peter Travis um, is, excuse me, um, is a is a, a, a British director. He's from England, um, and he's you know he's known for again. It's hard because in England, uh, you make movies and stuff, but a lot of times people make things for the BBC, like the you know miniseries and stuff like. Like you can get very famous doing that. Um, he's known for um, the uh, Vantage Point, which which opened in the U.S. in uh, 2008. Um, he also did the movie Endgame, not not Avengers Endgame, but like you know before there was that Endgame. Um, he also uh, is was known. He did um, a version of Macbeth, but uh, he this is probably the biggest film he's worked on um, because your screenplay was by Alex Garland. Now Alex Garland's a name that some of you might know because you might be well read and some of you just might know because you've seen 28 Days Later, Alex Garland is the one who wrote and did the screenplay and like basically did everything to get 28 Days Later made. Alex Garland also has written other books. He's, uh, you know, he's a pretty well-known uh, author. Um, his original uh, novel, The Beach, um, was some of the uh, people have said that is one of the most uh, influential novels for Generation X. It came out in the 90s. He later went on, obviously, 28 Days Later, um, Sunshine, which is uh, another one. So 28 Days Later and Sunshine actually were both directed by Danny Boyle. Um, Danny Boyle, of course, you know, that was gone on to bigger and better things as a director kind of thing. Um, and the thing is, he also um, he also did um, some story supervision on Devil May Cry, which is another which is a video game adaption. Obviously, Dread is based off of Judge Dread. Um, which is from 2000 AD. This is very famous, you know, comic book from this uh, very, I should say this, it's very punk rock compared to comic books of the late 70s and early 80s. It is literally the counterculture. Um, but many of you know 2000 AD uh, just from the ideas, excuse me, that uh, um, J uh, John Wagner and uh, Carlos Esguera, uh, you know, were creating those in the early, in the late 70s, early 80s, and 2000 AD became very influential in comics. Um, you know, Garth Ennis, not Garth Ennis, um, excuse me, um, uh, Grant Morrison, and, um, you know, uh, guys like that who came out of that later on, um, the, the very influential in the way we would see, like, stuff Alan Moore would do with, like, Watchmen and Dark Knight Return. Like, those things were very influenced by 2000 AD, um, just because that's the way it would go uh, with that stuff. And then um, Alex Garland also was on as a producer. And then, uh, like I said, this is a um, a British and, like, it's... It's 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 hard because it's a lot of British. It's British production, but it's also an American production at the same time. Um, obviously, you're in your distribution and stuff like that, all depending on where you were going with it. Uh, originally, Garland started uh, shopping this script around for a Judge Dread movie um, in 2006, 
and he wanted to make sure that everyone knew it was completely and absolutely unrelated to 1995's Judge Dredd with Sylvester Stallone. Um, and that's what Dad's referring to in the opening about this kind of being an update. This Dredd is very much 2000 AD Dredd. Stallone's Judge Dredd is tongue-in-cheek. He took his helmet off. I mean, he takes his helmet off. That alone tells you right now it's wrong. You never take your helmet off. Like, Judge Dredd doesn't take his helmet off. Um, at least not. he's not supposed to. Um, and the idea was that it was... Um, it was trying to get away from that, trying to get back to the original and trying to make it much more source material, much more an R-rated movie, much more, you know, about the blood and the violence and the, you know, the, the, dysentop the, the um, dysentopia, the kind of thing, like the whole, the whole future, it's like that. Um, and it also falls in 2012, which means it's right in the middle of the, hey, you want to make things in 3D again? 3D became soup popular again. And not like now where every single movie has a 3D release. Like, I mean, Kong Skull Island had a 3D release or whatever kind of thing. It becomes normal because it's all shot digitally. This was a big deal. They were going to shoot this in 3D. Now, a lot of this movie was shot. Um, some of the, the filming took place uh, on actual sets and locations in Cape Town and Johannesburg because it was just cheaper and they could have enough room to do it. Kind of like when we saw, uh, when they talk about District 9. Right. Well, yeah. Right. You, I mean, well, they're trying to shoot in those kind of places, but it's just why build it? If you already have it, you know, yeah. and then in those kind of places, you can film, you know, much more expansive stuff because it's just things are there. You just close down. It would be very hard to film this movie in New York City or L.A. Like it'd be near impossible because you'd have to close down so much of the city yeah. to do the outside stuff. Well, and I, then where are you going to build all these sets? Yeah. What I, what I thought there was there was most of the uh, the street scenes, uh, you could tell that they were in like in a studio or in and just in a in a confined space but a lot of the the movie is is uh, is uh, see, you know CD. well inside mega city one yeah, but one of once once you're inside there those are all physical sets they don't right. have to build That's 200 I mean. stories yeah. you know those are all just physical sets on whatever I mean, it blends this is the, one thing i was surprised that it the, the shots of the city again the cgi now is, is is almost perfect but it looked like they were actually flying over yeah. uh, you know an actual building an, an actual, actual building. thing yeah, yeah 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 and this is 2012 this is a, this is 10 years it's ago even 10 years ago right yeah and this was they were on the cutting edge of that stuff this was pushing which is why i think some people don't understand why this movie this movie has a very cult following um but why some people didn't understand when it happened like well this movie looks so good it looks good yeah the issue i think people had is that it's not it's the loan well no but it's not not that it's not Stallone, dad it's also uber violent it's this movie pushes the what? violence to pushes the violence to that level and this is two, 10 years ago the marvel cycle wasn't where it is now where now you can have movies that can be violent and be whatever and not that marvel produces those things but dc had not made the snyder cut didn't exist like those things that like, like movies with superheroes either they were blade from back in the 90s right. and early 2000s, and that was the exception because it's Blade and it's Wesley Snipes and Cool, or they were the original Iron Man, the original, like they were PG 13. Right. That, but yeah, there's is, not blood and gore. This, this is, is R. A, this is a hard R. Yeah. And I mean, if there had been, if there was, if there was any, any nudity of, of, of any, any consequence, yeah. they could have gotten an X. 
Yeah, but the thing is, but, no, even, but the, that's true. I mean, well, a little bit of nudity wasn't going to push this over the bar. No. The the problem is, you would have to. It would have to be like hardcore, like sexual content that's to get I'm that. Saying, yeah. But but that doesn't need it to be here. No, you, and, you and, certainly are not missing. You're not going. You know what this movie needs? A sex scene. Like this movie, right. literally. Like you know, this movie could really use a mop because that's what you're going to need when you're done. Because there's just blood. Everywhere, everywhere right kind of thing um and that's the great part about this and i think that's what they were kind of were doing this is much more and please no do, please do not think that i am a giant i'm not a comic book guy i don't read comic books very much punisher and like you know like gi joe and batman a little bit like tales a lot of tales from the crypt and stuff but i certainly have never read a lot of 2000 ad but the stuff of 2000 AD I've read, it's been mostly Judge Dredd because that's the kind of stuff I yeah. enjoy. Um, and then, of course, the story that Hardware was based on, that movie we covered a number of years ago. If you yeah. have never seen Hardware, go back and watch it. Richard Stanley, before he went nuts um, and then was trying to hide and get on the set of uh, um, uh, Daniel and Dr. Moreau, that, that is a whole documentary about that. That is just like, what? What? When you watch the... Yeah, just to go aside. The remake of The Isle of Dr. Moreau starring uh, uh, Marlon Brando and um, Val Kilmer. And and a little tiny man who I don't know who Marlon Brando carried everywhere on the set. That was, that was a little real person. Yeah. Um, if you've never seen that movie, it's a mess. It's an absolute unmitigated mess. Watch... Um, the documentary about that movie and you're like, oh my God, this movie is the most coherent thing they could have made out of what actually happened. Richard Stanley going insane, them throwing off the set, Baruch Assault losing her mind, people on drugs, people like whatever, Richard Stanley sneaking back on the set. It's it's That documentary might be better than the actual film and I love the the Island of Lost Souls, the nineteen thirty three original, yeah. and even the yeah, with Burt Lancaster, yeah, with Burt Lancaster and stuff, which was which is so funny because when you watch that now, it was cutting edge for the time. You're like, oh, oh, it's so quaint, you know, kind of thing. But it does have, you know, uh, he who breaks the law shall be punished. Right. Like, and all that stuff is from yeah. there. And again, that was that was a that was a makeup. Uh, yeah, makeup, makeup movie. movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm saying, but you watch it now, and it's like, oh, how quaint compared to what they would yeah. do now. Yeah, it would be. But it's still a good movie. Oh no, nothing yeah. wrong with it, but it's. It shows that it's 1970-something. Anyway, so um, when you're watching Dread, this Dread, um, this is much more in line with the comics. Now, again, if you kind of have a passing knowledge of who Judge Dread is, it makes this movie much easier to kind of just walk into and accept it all. My dad had no idea who Judge Dread was beyond what Stallone played in 95. Right. And if that's all you know about Judge Dread, then I'm telling you now, you don't know anything about J Judge Dread. Anyway, so let's get started with this. Um, in... So they're telling us the year is 2080. So yeah. that's the idea, that this is set in the future, but not like like hundreds of years in the future. Yeah, not Star Trek. Yeah, right? Um, the United States is a dysentopic uh, 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 post-nuclear war wasteland known as uh, Cursed Earth. Okay, so you have to kind of buy in that some bad stuff has happened that you don't get to see. Um, and the one thing about this movie, and I'll be honest here, is, as Dad said, the sets are great. They blend everything real well. Um, once you're in the world, there is nothing that takes you out of the world. Like, you know, sometimes when you're watching a movie and it's supposed to be, like, in 1950, and then all of a sudden, like, there's clearly a car mm -hmm. from, like, the 2000s in there. There's nothing in this movie that we say, oh, well, that wouldn't be there in the... Yeah, it would, because it's the future, but it's not ray guns and no. beaming it's, it's it's not okay so so think about this this is how they described it um alien 
is the blue collar space movie, right? It's all about their workers, right? They're yeah. like their workers. It's not the white collar 2001, a space odyssey kind of thing, right? It's not high end alien, right? And that's the whole thing Ridley Scott was like, it's the blue collar, their workers, right? This is not the future where everything's perfect. This is literally the future where everything's crap, yeah. you know, kind of thing. Yeah, this is, I mean, if, they, if any of you folks have seen the movie Elysium, uh, mm-hmm. that that's the future where the... Uh, uh, well, part of it is, yeah, well, is well, great, no, and the part see, of it's not, yeah. I mean, the, the elite, you know... Live go, above. Live above. Yeah. Uh, there is no elite here that I, I think... I mean, the cops are probably the, the one of the highest level uh, yeah. people. But the nice part about this is that it's 2080. And like you said, there's no 2081 cars coming through. This goes back. They're actually using cell phones. Yeah. They're, they've got skateboards. But the whole idea is that, like, literally, technology stopped growing. Stopped growing. Like, but, certain things stopped growing, but other things don't. Right, but the technology still works. I mean, yeah, cell, yeah, phones okay. work. cell phones need cell towers. Yes, okay. So that's the idea that, like, this is a dystopian future, but, like, they still have enough of, like, the, what they're doing and they right. can fix it and stuff. It, the, the, we don't have here. It's not Blade Runner. That's probably the best example. And Blade Runner is a dirty kind of, because remember, a lot of Blade Runner happens and it's like grimy and dirty and whatever. The opening of Blade Runner and the opening of this movie could not be more polar opposites of each other. Right. Right? And and Blade Runner opens when it's raining and stuff, but like the the face on the billboard and the car, like everything there is like, that's the future. But let's face it, Blade Runner, he's still a cop. He's still whatever. Like it's still, you know, the basics of Blade Runner, right? right? And when you watch the beginning of this movie, you're like, oh, Okay, well, it's definitely not now. We don't have buildings like, we don't have these, you know, we don't have Mega City 1 now. But it ain't that far off, idea-wise, from some things that could happen. You could see the evolution of where we got there. It's not, there's no jump. There's no major, like, well, how, you know, what does is, what is Kyle Reese say? Uh, no, no, no. He, um, the, the, the shrink says it to me. Well, where's your ray guns and stuff? He goes, I don't know. I didn't build the effing thing, you know, kind of thing. Like, from the future, right? This is very much like the Skynet, like future. Right. Like yeah. they, there's people who have ideas of the future, and it's all amazing. And then there's people who have ideas of the future, yeah. and it ain't so great. As you watch the movie, that I mean, I don't know if they're subtle, subtle uh, clues, but uh, like the name of the building is, uh, it looks like it's Atlanta. So well, I mean, it's yeah, Mega City the, One is yeah. Right, okay. and then there's a few. So if yeah. this is if this is supposed is to the, be, is the, Mega City One's the city is the city, and then they're yeah, and going into the building itself. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It's called Peach Trees. Is Peach, the, Peach right. Trees, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, which is such a like that's that's the name of a hotel in Atlanta, probably. Yeah. I, there probably no, is a Peach Trees. Peach Tree Street is like our fifth. Yeah, Avenue. right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, kind of thing. So, all right. So um, on the East Coast uh, lies Mega City One, which is a um, it's a violent metropolis that houses 800 million residents. Think about that. It's now a mega city that everyone moved to. So it's 800 million residents. Um, they said there's 17,000 serious crimes reported daily. The, uh, the only force for order are the judges who act as judge, jury, and executioner. Uh, judge Dredd is tasked by the, the, the chief judge with evaluating a new recruit, Cassandra Anderson, um, who's a powerful psychic who, uh, who's marginally failed the aptitude test and becoming a judge. All right, let's slow down here. Judge Dredd is played by Carl Urban. Literally, Carl Urban was designed to be Judge Dredd. He looks exactly like Judge Dredd. I mean, yes, his helmet goes on. You never see his face. face. And you know it's Carl Urban if you recognize Carl Urban's voice. 
His jawline is clearly him. Yeah. When we talked about Chronicles of Riddick, um, we talked. No, we talked about. Um, I don't know, we, we talked about um, Pitch Black, which Pitch is Black. the original. In Chronicles of Riddick, that is one of uh, Carl Urban's bigger roles, where he's kind of featured in the movie. It's him and, of course, Vin Diesel and. I forgot her name right now. The one who played Ohura in the new Star Treks and stuff like that. And they're very prominently featured in that movie. And that movie is, if you've never seen Chronicles of Riddick, what are you doing? Go watch that movie. It's amazing. Right? You got to kind of know who Riddick is, but, you know, whatever. Right? The other movie he's known for is Pathfinder. And most people have never seen Pathfinder because they overlooked it. In Pathfinder... Um, it's about the uh, the Vikings, and okay, I know the history is going to be a little fuzzy, so we kind of just go when they come to North America and they plunder and kill an entire village of Native Americans. He's one of the children. He's a child who's left behind from the from the the Vikings, right? And is raised by the the Native Americans. So he now. He's much bigger than everyone because he's supposed to be this Nordic, you know, whatever. And Carl Urban's a big dude, but he's certainly not jacked out in that movie. He's not like completely right. ripped out. He looks like a human being would look if there was no weight rooms and stuff like that and supplements and stuff. And so Pathfinder's a movie a lot of people kind of passed on. And then when you watch Pathfinder, you're like, oh, this is really good. Like this movie, again, you have to buy into that the Vikings are now coming back 20 years later. I don't mean, whatever. Yeah. Right? But it's a movie where you're like, okay, this is really good. And Carl Urban was kind of on the, the the trek to become a star. The problem is, and this is ultimately the issue with, with him, is that he never caught on. I, it's a shame because he never caught on like Vin Diesel. He never caught on like The Rock. He never caught on like Jason Moma. He never caught on. He made the right kind of movies and he should have caught on. He's a good looking guy, tall, you know, no major uh, scandals or anything going right. on. But he wanted to make movies he wanted to make. And the problem is, here in Judge Dredd, you never see anything below his lips and chin. Like, you don't see Carl Urban. He never takes his helmet off the end. There is no big reveal. In a in the movie, any movie with The Rock, it's hard for him to keep his shirt on. Like, right. he literally, it was like, oh no, this shirt just burst off me, you know? And if I was built like The Rock, I wouldn't wear a shirt ever either. Or I'd cut every shirt down to the, the he wears those, like, thread thin. He's like, I'm going to go work out. I'm like, in what? Like, dental floss and a crouton? Like, yeah. buddy, come on. But again... It's kind of a shame because I think what happens is Carl, Carl Urban himself as a good actor and can make action movies just doesn't have the he doesn't pull the same kind of roles that a guy like a Jason Momoa and a guys like those you know guys do of course yeah and he no he he's he's a Hollywood type guy because he's mm -hmm. he's good looking he's he's, he's tall he's tall he, which he, is a big thing in Hollywood right? being tall in your movies are and important he can, he can he speaks well and he yeah. he's in he's in very good I movies. think the problem is he what. Think about this, the the and, and and I know we talk about these movies all the time, but like the original Fast and Furious movies, I mean they're not they the original one and the second the first couple, they're nothing. Like there's there's no you wouldn't sit there and go Vin Diesel's going to be a star no, for it's this. The cars, right? it's the cars, right? right? But as those movies went on, Vin Diesel himself became a much bigger actor. I mean, remember Vin Diesel made Disney movies right. and then stopped, and then The Rock made Disney movies and then stopped. And now The Rock's making Disney movies again, but. Not like not as like the Tooth Fairy, or the Game Plan, right? right. When he was got the, right? the whole thing is, he, you know, Carl Urban never got those, never got that opportunity to make those kind of films. If he had made that, it might have made him. But the later Fast and Furious movies, it's much more. I mean, now it's 
The Rock and Jason Statham and, you know, uh, Michelle Rodriguez and Vin Diesel and like, and, and, and it's yeah. like, and, 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 and you can just go and, 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 and on the movie. And it doesn't like, John Cena's in the new one. Like it's and, and, and. The Carl Urban movies don't have that. They don't have the and, the and, the and that some of these do. So um, Cassandra Anderson, so uh, Judge Anderson, who is, again, if you've read 2029, uh, not 29, excuse me, 2000, uh, 2000 AD, if you've read the Judge Dredd stuff, you will uh, know Judge Anderson's also important. That's uh, Olivia Thurberry. Uh, Thurberry. Um, again, she is. Uh, she was born in New York City, um, kind of thing. She is been in um you know several movies uh she actually did a bunch of uh off broadway work and broadway work kind of thing when she was younger um she's appeared um in the movie the was a russian science fiction movie called the darkest hour which got a release here in america um she's this is one of her biggest roles up to at this point this was her biggest role um, and then later on from there, she's actually gone on to be in um, um, the show Why the Last Man on Earth, which, again, if you're a comic book person, it's important. She was in the L Word, um, Generation Q, which is, if you watch uh, those, if you know what those two words mean, you don't have to kind of guess. It's, uh, it's that's again, these are TV things. She's not a huge actress, too. I think that's the other part of this movie. Uh, she's in probably more scene. I mean, Carl Urban is in like every scene and she's in a ton of the scenes too, but you're looking at Carl Urban. Who's not, you know, top of the A-list, you know, a, a, an actor. Um, and she has her helmet off the entire time. And we'll talk about that in a second, but she's not, I mean, she's nothing wrong with what she, you know, she looks like, but she's not, it, this isn't, this isn't uh Gail Godot. This isn't, right. uh, you know, well, you know, some name. Again, when we get into the movie, you, you, you'll realize this is not a star driven film. No, it's story. And 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 action, yeah, and that's what it's for. I mean, if you had, let, let's just say for the sake of argument, you had Stallone in this movie, and he had his helmet on all the time, it, it wouldn't have made any money either. The thing with Stallone is you want to see him, you don't want to hear him, right? But you you want to yeah. you want to see the him. other the other problem is too is the the Judge Dread that came out in 1995. They had to try to work. I mean, that's Rob Schneider's in there. They're like they're desperately yeah. trying to put comedy into it right. yeah. because they wanted to kind of make. So the problem is, and and some people don't don't uh, agree with this. Demolition Man is so far ahead of its time; it's unbelievable. That movie people have written mm -hmm. off as being garbage, but when you back and look at Demolition Man. How did it literally predict everything that now has occurred? Cancel culture, like celebrity, uh, fame, like all those things they're yep. talking like. It's amazing how it did. And people are like, no, it didn't. No, it didn't. Oh, wait, it did. Oh, wait, it did. Oh, wait, it did. It's like how RoboCop literally predicted so many things that happened in 1987. Mm -hmm. right. And you're like, what? Are you kidding? I mean, yes, we do not have Ed 209s falling down stairwells, which is really funny because it just kicks his leg like he can't get up. But like, that's literally what we're saying. There are certain movies that predict this stuff. They were hoping for another Demolition Man because Demolition Man made a bunch yeah, of money. money. And Demolition Man has funny parts to it. But let's be honest, the difference is in Demolition Man, the story itself isn't based on 20 years of comic books, that there's a lot of people who know what it's supposed to look like. That's like trying to make Batman into a comedy. And I don't mean like the old 60s right. TV show. Yeah. That'd be like trying to make Batman today and make it funny. That's not happening. You're not making Batman today and making it funny because if you do... No one is buying that. No one's buying into Batman being funny nowadays because we've seen Batman done correctly. And whether people, again, 
whether you like Batman, like the the Christian Bale th- trilogy, yeah. whether you like Ben Affleck as Batman, whether that's all your opinion. We've seen Batman done that way. You can't make Batman a joke. You can't go back unless you did Batman sixty six, like the comic book right. did. Unless you made, well, we're going to be very camp, and very, that's a different story. You know, so, oh, right. oh no, there's a comic book on it. It's very very popular, oh, but it's it's written. As if it's 1966, it's all that. But everyone in there is like, the Joker's like that. The Reddit calls like, oh, that's yeah. the idea. Yeah. Because people are like, oh, it's cool. They made a Wonder Woman that's called Wonder Woman whatever, 84, not 84, like 70 whatever. And it's Linda Carter. Yeah. Because they're trying to, but that it's a comic book. You can do anything in a comic book. Because guess what you don't have to worry about? Like actors and actresses and CGI and like yeah. who's, you know, dead, yeah. you know, kind of thing. So, all right. So in the two thousand, the two thousand, the two hundred story uh, slum tower called Peach Trees, there's a drug lord named Mama. So that her name is Madeline uh, Madrigal is their actual name. They call her Mama. Now yeah. that's Le- that's Lena Headley. Yeah, from Game of Thrones. Well, okay, is- she is Queen Gorgo in three hundred, Dad. Yeah. She no, is no, the no, queen. No. That's I'm saying is that's where pe- that's where she started with her comic books. Then she did Game of Thrones, right. and let's be honest, she looks a lot better in three hundred than she does in Game of Thrones. It's kind of just because people are a lot cleaner for some reason in three hundred than they are super dirty in Game of Thrones. A lot of people are grimy in Game of Thrones. The way they look with their hair and everything else. Yeah. Well, but, but, yeah, but her her thing is that she was, I mean, she was the queen. Yeah, I know. In Game of Thrones. Yeah. But in in three hundred. You know, she has the, 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 she's, what's it, the, uh, uh, you know, she's actually in the beginning, and then she's, then she comes back in. Well, because the, the story's about the 300, right. Dad. Yes, but I mean, but, but the thing okay, is, but, 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 Le- okay, but Lena Headley got her, at 300, put her on the map as like, okay, look at this, like, it's like, she's, she's an actress we can use, and all of a sudden, she started getting roles off of that movie. Yeah. I mean, 300... For those of you, again, who forget, 300 was dumped in February. They thought it was going to be a nothing movie. Oh. It became the highest grossing R-rated release of the year. It was the highest rated, it was the highest grossing R-rated comic book. It outgrossed Blade 2. Blade 2 yeah. literally was the gold standard for that. 300 is is just amazing. Anyway, but Lena Headley here is the, she is the name in this movie. Her, I mean, and Carl, I mean, not that Carl Urban's not a name, but let's face it, she's the name. Now, this is pre, this is 2012. Right. This is before Game of Thrones. Right. You know, kind of thing. And that's the whole point. And it's, it, and it's, it's before 300. No, 300's already out. 300's out for a while. Oh, it is. 300's like 2000. That's like 300. Really? Yeah, 300's like, 300's like 20 something years old. Like, it's, oh, it's, be, because what happened was 300. Well, remember, Dad, Gerard <laughs> Butler by this point is already a bankable star. Gerard Butler's in like Gamer and this. Yeah. They tried, and then, and then they finally figured out we probably should put Gerard Butler with the president. Oh, let's make three of those movies. Remember, those movies are almost the first one. That's ten years old. Yeah, you know, kind of thing. That's right. And and those movies that was like print money. It's just hard to believe it's that. Right, long. because yeah. because you know why? Because Gerard Butler looks like Gerard Butler still. He still looks the same. He looks the same as he did in like you know like other movies. Like, it's like Russell Crowe looks older now. He doesn't look like. You know Maximus, yes. right? He doesn't look like he did in Mystery Alaska, but he looks—he kind of looks like the old version of himself, right? Right, right now, Gerard Butler—he looks like Gerard Butler still. Like he killed—that looks like him, you know? Yeah. Right? He couldn't why? Because his hair was always kind of a little short. 
Like it wasn't like he had flowing locks and now he's bald. He's not. He's not. You know. He's not like Bruce Willis. You know, kind of thing. Who like decided to go with the bald look and shave it. I mean, Bruce Willis. Can you even tell now? Bruce Willis looks old. But how many years did Bruce Willis look like the exact same age? From Tears from the Sun. From what? I, mean, yeah. I mean, once you got into the later Die Hard movies, once he got rid of the kind of the buzz cut, he's bald. You can't tell how old he is in any of those Die Hards. You know, kind of thing. So anyway, uh, back to the this movie. Um, so what? Okay. So what happens is now. So Judge Dredd is tasked with um, taking in uh, Judge and the new recruit Judge Anderson with him on his day, right? And they are um, Anderson is a borderline fail. That's what they always say. She's a borderline fail because she is. Um, uh, what happens is she's she's raised. She okay. So she was raised. By her parents were killed, and she was raised kind of an orphanage, whatever. But they what happens is they flat out tell you anybody who's an orphan, they immediately test them to see if they would make a good judge because they have no family. Right. And once you understand that part of this, you can understand the judges in this film because there are some judges in here who are good guys, and some judges who are clearly bad guys because they're taking the money because they have nothing else, their life is being a judge. Which is what Judge Dredd is all about. It's his life about him being a judge. And the thing with Anderson is, she is she she like she has tele she has uh, like telekinetical powers, and like, so she can like she can read your mind. She can say can get in your head. You're like, oh wow, okay, that's a big difference to being what like she's just a, an orphan who failed because she doesn't qualify in any other way except they want her to to be able to use her powers. Well, first thing that happens, they walk in because they, they get the call that there's, um, you know, something going on at Mega at, uh, at Peachtree's, right? Well, let's go. So they immediately, so he, Judge Dredd says, it's your call, rookie. She's like, well, we should report to. Okay, so they, they go there. First thing he says is, where's your helmet? She goes, it blocks my psychic abilities. And you're like, oh boy, like, there is nothing that probably would piss off Judge Dredd more right. than you're not in full uniform right. with your helmet on. And what did he say? He goes, I think a bullet would mess up your abilities. <laughs> <laughs> then right. that might be the only joke in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah I mean, the, the, she is definitely not a Sandra Bullock type, nope. even without the helmet. But when I'm watching this and I'm listening to it, she's psychic powers. You sure it's not so that they don't mess up her hair? And Because if you had a helmet on your female star... Not because well, Lena, okay. Lena, no, no, Lena, Lena Headley is Lena, not good looking in this movie. No, no, no. Like she's a good looking woman right, who was, looks like right, garbage in this movie. Right, but she, <laughs> we'll tell you why in a minute. Yeah, but the, I'm saying if you if you had if you put a helmet on uh, the rookie, you you wouldn't see her face. All you would see is from her, her lips down, and I I think they. They did this. This was okay, but I'm, this is this is, is in this, the comic book. It is yes. Okay, well that's then. the whole point of it. That's why she's able. To, she's not. She has. Anderson does not have the qualifications to be a good judge when she starts, but she's psychic, and since she has that ability, like right, this, which this, no one else has, it makes her an asset instead of being the problem. Anyway, so they go to Peach Trees, which is run by Mama, and again, Mama is Lena Headley, and. Um, Mama has decided that she is going to execute three of her drug dealers who have been skinned alive yeah. and then pitched off the 200th floor to the ground of Peach Trees. Now, let's quick. Peach Trees is a 
is is it's so imagine like going to a mega hotel that's 200 stories tall you walk in the front door there's no way out except the front door and that's it and it's just straight up mega like huge building but this is not a hotel this is now a city like, like an apartment yeah house. it's like apartment complex but it's like insane right you know kind of but they are skinned alive given some slow-mo and i'll tell you what slow-mo is in a second oh. and then pitched off the 200th floor to the ground and i love that scene because when one hits they're like oh i mean because again this just triggered a shriek down there like what's going on and there's the mother with the the child and the next one comes and she steps away and she just misses getting killed herself with her with the child as the next one hits the floor and blood splatters everywhere yeah life is life is cheap in in this environment and you die you die yeah i mean nobody's nobody's coming to your aid uh, if you get splattered by falling bodies, yeah. Well, you. okay. So everyone in Peace Trees understands that Mama runs Peace Trees, and they talk about this that the history of of Mama, where she was a prostitute who um, uh, removed a John's John, so to speak, right. um, and then became her own lord, and then had um, and then she went in and took over the other crime lords, and is like systematically taking over. All of Mega City One, what? like not she. She owns all. She runs Peach Trees. She went through and cleaned out Peach Trees. So it was just her, and now she's looking to go on. And the drug they're they're now calling is called Slow Mo. Um, it's super addictive, um, and it um, it's it makes time go at. They say it's supposed to go in slow motion. They're talking about like it's like one percent of normal speed, right? The whole point when you're on slow mo, everything slows down. And we have scenes in this movie seen through people's eyes on slow-mo, yeah. which are like, what? It's basically like the most violent scenes happening in slow motion. Yeah. And you're like, this is crazy, watching bullets tear people's faces off and whatever. And part of the, the, the issue um, is that this movie's got a lot of drug stuff in it. This is, Right there alone, the amount of drug use in this movie and talk about drugs and what i mean the violence alone is is insane is would make this very hard to pitch to mainstream america you know what i'm saying i this isn't like um dallas buyers club the one that won the academy award remember that movie yeah with uh matthew mcconaughey yeah. thinned himself way out like that's about like th- that's about drugs i mean it's let's be honest it's about drugs right and about drug addicts and stuff like or like um what's his um What's the one with uh, Nick, leaving Las Vegas where he gets AIDS and he's a drug at? Like, th- that's that's not what this movie's dealing with. This isn't like, look how horrible drugs are. This is like, okay, this woman who looks like 10 miles of bad road, like blacked out teeth, scars on her face. They're all tattooed and whatever kind of thing. And they're all drug addicts. And they're all like got guns and not like this is, there's nothing pleasant here. It's hard to sell this. Right. You, it's hard to sell this on Saturday afternoon during the basketball game. Like, you can't be like, next up, you know, here's a trailer for Dread, followed by Louisville versus Kentucky. Like, you know, like, I don't know if you sell it that way. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, you can't sell it that I way. I mean, one thing about the, these opening scenes is, is a lot of stylized camera work. Mm-hmm. I mean, the slow motion, the, the slow motion gore is, is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, gro- the kills are gross, but the special effects are fabulous. Yeah. And that, so when you're watching this, even though the the action on the screen is disgusting, it's 
mesmerizing. Well, it's shot beautifully. Yeah. That's the, but, I, okay, but isn't that the whole thing of it? And th- this is, people don't understand this. I always talk about the beauty of gore or the beauty of horror or the beauty of people like, well, there's no such thing as the beauty of gore. There is. If, if for people who don't paint or don't create, I shouldn't say paint, who don't create, because you can create without painting, obviously. But for me, it's most of the time painting. If I'm painting something and it's horrific, like it, it, it like yeah, disemboweled you, and whatever, right. like something that's very Lovecraftian or like, and John Carp, John Carpenter's The Thing is the beauty of gore. That movie has beautiful shots of just vile, disgusting things. It's a dog basically turned inside out. When, 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 the chest opens up and, and the arm, you know, he bites his arms off. Like, like, well, that's not beautiful. It's like, okay, but like, you can look at like the, what went into that and what, you know, Botine had to do. And like, I mean, Botine's as a master. I know he's kind of pulled himself away from society now, but he, like, you look at the beauty of what's there or even the colors and the beauty in the, the, the creature as it starts to there. This is what we're talking about here. You can shoot things that are horrific and gory and bloody and still be shot beautifully. You know what movies like this does that perfectly nowadays? And a lot of people haven't seen it. The Color Out of Space. The one with Nicolas Cage. Remember with the, the, the thing comes down and it's all the crazy colors. And That movie is shot amazing. The colors in that movie are phenomenal. They're better than anything that won the Academy Award. The movie's disgusting. It's 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 well acted. It's intelligent. It's it's nuts. I mean, it's, it's Lovecraft. So it's like mind-bendingly nuts. But... When, like, when the, when the, when the, no, not to give a whole lot away, but there's a scene where people get melted together. When the mom and the son are basically becoming one, right. you're like, that turns your stomach disgusting. But it's beautiful. It's beautifully shot. It's like, oh, okay, that's, that's really like nauseating. And at the same time, it's shot in a way where you're like, that's got to be real. Like, yeah. that can't be an act, two actors in a suit thing. This has got to be real. So, anyway. But that's kind of what we're referring to. All right. So um, Anderson and Dredd um, are sent to investigate, and they learn um, of a drug den which they are going to raid. Okay, so they learn that, obviously, Mama, uh, you know, runs Peach City, which is not news to anyone. But uh, Peachtree, I should say, not Peachtree, Peachtree, which is not news, but that she is um, responsible for this. And, see, the whole thing is this. It's just three drug dealers who got killed. Couldn't this kind of just be overlooked and walked away from? But the law says you have committed murder. And you must You must. Well, you you must be judged. judged. Right? You must be judged. And dread is about the law. And that's what I think a lot of people who read 2000 AD. 2000 AD is so much about counterculture, punk rock, being different. And yet... Dread might be one of the most popular characters ever out of it, and he's all about the law. But it's following the law to what it says to do. Yeah. And in this, right. and in this case, if you are murder someone and you're found guilty of murder, you die. You die. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So well, as, as I'm, again, I had not. I had. I don't think I've seen this movie. And you made a copy for me a long, long time ago. But I'm watching this, and I'm saying, it, what hit me in the thing? It says, does. Does Dredd have a Batman complex? He is. He is. He's all about the law. There is no uh, in his in his his job. There is no black and white. No, it's all black and white. There's all, no gray. I mean, no gray. It's it's right there and right there in front of him. And uh, uh, so once you once you understand his mindset, 
then everything that goes on that he does in the movie makes perfect sense. Right. All right. So uh, they they um, they bust into the drug den and they wind up. And this is one of the scenes where things are sh- shot in slow motion because they're on some of the uh. some of the guys are on slow mo. So Anderson and Dread, well, Dread kicks in the door and him and Anderson come through, and they, you know, they're being fired upon and being fired upon a judge is immediate execute. Like, and you're you're guilty. You're getting executed. So they wind up. So in the scene, you see the guy get shot through the face. face. It tears through both his cheeks. You see the guy grab the two. Well, she's a prostitute. Quits her in front of him, and then they shoot him. They people are getting shot and killed everywhere, and they wind up uh, arresting one of the thugs that's there. His name is Kay, right? And uh, who Anderson mind probes and reveals that he's one of the ones who actually carried out the execution of the three drug dealers, right? Um, and Dredd says, we're going to take him in for questioning, right? And literally, at this point, you're like, oh, well, he's not going to go bust up mama. Like, he's not there for that. They have one of the guys who has now committed three murders. They're taking him in for questioning to get the rest of the information. And then he's going to get killed. Like, right. I mean, there, there's no doubt there's a bullet coming to his head. It's just when that bullet happens. Because yeah. Dredd is like, we want to bring him in for questioning. Yeah. And this is where the movie takes the turn. Of like, okay, so he's not going to go after, all right, well, he's just he's going to take him in. And this is the entire problem, I think, when we look at, say, problem, is that you think that he's going to go one way, and you're like, oh, okay, well, they arrested the guy. I guess they're going to take him in. But what happens when you can't get out the front door? door. You know? I was, yeah. That's, what is that? That Goodfellas? Right, or no, Bronx Tale. Excuse me, a Bronx Tale, where he, where the bikers are in the bar and he locks the door. He goes, "Well, now you can't leave." Mm-hmm. And they beat the hell out of the, the the mafia. Beats up all the bikers. Right? It's so funny because at this point you're thinking like, "All right, he's taking this guy into question." Like you know, Anderson. She goes, "I'm 99 percent sure." Ninety nine is ninety nine percent's not enough for you know. It's, you know he can't kill him at ninety nine percent. Yeah, but the thing is, when the guy that they that they that they they take into custody, they're trying to extract. The information about Mama, you know where she is. Well, not yet. They're going to do that, but he 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 was there for the when they were skinned. They're right. just trying to solve the, what they're what they were there to yeah. send to well, do. Like, like you yeah. said, there's fifteen thousand murders a day, or fifteen thousand yeah. murders, murders per day. And yeah. They can only answer six percent of. That's them. what he says. Yeah, whatever he goes, we can answer six percent yeah. of the whatever. Yeah. But he can get three murders taken care yeah. of in, in one in thing, one shot, right? You know, so. Um, and you know the thing in uh, when in this scene again a, a lot of these movies I, I my mind goes towards others, but in RoboCop, what what is one of the key scenes is guns guns guns. That's exactly what happens here. Everybody has a gun. Well, but they're all drug dealers. Yeah, but I mean, but everybody has a gun. You know. Well, okay, but yes, but everyone uh, in the entire place has a gun. gun that's what I'm saying. Because it's the future. You need a gun. <laughs> so, um, so Dred, so Dredd and Anderson are going to now uh, take K out, and they're going to go for questioning. But before they can, um, uh, Mama, uh, again, she's tipped off of this. They seize control of Peachtree. They, they can, they like everything's allowed to run in Peachtree, and it runs as normal. But now she needs control. So her guys go in, gun down everyone in the control room, and they lock down the building. And that was that's cool. That's a cool scene. Well, what happens? The homeless the homeless guy who's begging, begging. and Dredd says, Don't be there when I get back. Yeah. And it's like, okay, the, like he goes, you know, that's a, that's that's because it's punishable with three years and an ISO cube. He goes, Don't be here when I get back. 
And he says, he goes, I told you not to be here. Get up. And what happens? The door comes down right in front of him and obliterates that guy. Cuts him clean. Half is on one side, half's on the other. Right? And you're like, oh, okay. Now we know what this is. Now this is no longer a cop procedural, you know, sci-fi comic book movie. Now it's a Judge Dredd, you can't get out. See, because he's the law, right? He's whatever. Except now Mama locks the whole thing down. What's the first thing she says? I want those two judges. Yeah. Well, now you've got 200 stories of people who are desperate for money, for food, for drugs, for whatever, and there's only two of them. And you only have so many bullets. That's something like you got to kind of keep in mind right. that yeah. you only have so many bullets. Um so uh, Mama forces uh forces seize the tower security control room and they seal the building. They close the blast door shields and um under the pretext of a security test. They put the entire building in what they call war mode. So every single place they could get out is now locked down and sealed. So it's basically just a giant metal box. Right. And, you know, you're like, but think about that. Like, the idea is you're going out the front door. You're literally seconds from walking out the front door. And now you're locked in. That's hard. You know, that's not that. It's a, it changes the the... Now the shoe's on the other foot. You went from having the advantage to be at a complete disadvantage. Yeah. Now you have to remember that Mom is up on the, the Mama's up on the two hundred, two hundred, and that's where all her her henchmen and whatever are. But the rest of the building is just regular people trying to live their lives out, as because you see it as, yeah, yeah. as they go through. So this is not two hundred floors of. Oh no no okay oh, this is this isn't smoke and aces where they got to fight their way through every right. you know whatever. This is literally people, but they're but they're people who are. Desperate. Desperate, right. They're yeah. desperate people. And desperate people will do things that they would not right, normally right. do if someone's offering you money, food, drug, whatever it is you're desperate for, they're offering it to you. Yeah. And doesn't she get on the... Uh, well, she says on, no, on the, everything's locked down until they're dead. Yeah. Like, there is no living. Yeah, but she comes on like the... Uh, uh, the, the loud, not a loud the speaker. PA speaker. The, the PA. PA speaker to tell everybody. And it... it and you can hear it in the lobby. And so if it's in the lobby, it's all the way up to the yeah. top. It said, anybody who you know helps me get, Kill them, get, yeah. gets the judge yeah. will, will get something. Right. So Mama orders Dredd. Um, okay. So um, so uh, so first thing Dredd thinks is, I'm going to call for backup. But they can't call through the walls. His comm, which worked the whole time, now that everything's locked down, it's has like no a, way of getting out. It's like a lead. Right, field. yeah, yeah. So he now knows there's no backup coming. So if there's no backup coming, right? Because if you just call for backup, they can just hold their own and the backup will get there. But there's no backup. He can't call for it. So Mama orders Dredd and Anderson to be killed, forcing judges to fight their way through dozens of armed thugs, which is what's happening. They're trying to get to the medical lab because, they, as Dredd said, we need some place to defend. And that's supposed to be, that's run by the state, right? That's the whole thing. The judges are run by the state. The medical lab is run by the state. Like this is not, it's like, you know, it'd be like the police going to the hospital kind of thing, right? Kind of thing. Like it's, you know, so they're trying to get their way to there. And the problem is, um, uh, you know that that can't just work. So when he gets there and what happens, he goes, sorry, Dredd, I can't let you in. And Dredd's like, you're in direct violation. He goes, yeah, this is neutral ground. You can't come in. He goes, 
because you're picking a side. I'm not picking a side. I'm neutral. He goes, it looks like you're picking a side to me because literally Dredd and, and Anderson are fighting for their lives with, and they have Kay as their prisoner. But like by not having the med lab as a place to defend as they're like, whatever, they're basically saying, look, we're trying to be neutral, but by being neutral, you're picking this, picking a side. Because that and that's how, and again, it looks like that. And you're like, okay, but like he is trying to not be involved in this. He's not helping mama, right. but by not helping the judges, you are helping mama indirectly. So, um, now, so, okay, so Dredd and Anderson, well, Dredd mostly, I mean, they lay waste to every single thug that comes their way. He's got 12 dead on this floor and 11 dead. And he's like, he just keeps coming. He's still coming. He's still coming. And that's the thing is he's killing people. So what's the plan to now get rid of them? Well, they ice get, they get them caught on a floor. Yes. The seventy the 76th floor. They arrive at the 76 and the judges are assaulted by, okay. So they're on the 76th floor and mama's plan is, well, I'm tired of waiting. Let's just kill them. So they trapped them on the 70, 76th floor. They can't get off the floor. Yeah, because they shut down. They've locked they, down the they, floor. They've shut down every floor. Right. Every floor is now locked down. So the 76th floor is locked down. So they show up with these, I don't even know how to describe it. They're they're basically the minigun off of oh. a helicopter, basically, right? right? But and, they're bigger than that. And they've got three of them. Yeah. They, and, and, and they're huge. It, it's like the laser cannons they have on Hoff when, uh, oh. in, in Empire Strikes Back. They've got the guy behind it. And what happens is... They're rotary guns, and they're like, "Give yourself up, you know, or we're gonna." And, and you know, Dredd, what does Dread do? He takes one of the thugs and pitches them off the seventy-sixth floor. You're like, "That's a pretty clear no in my book, right?" So Mama's like, "Light them up," and they, and st oh my god! Now it is all CG. It's yeah. physical effects for them running and stuff like that, and I'm sure there's some explosions, whatever. But it clearly is CG. There's no way to shoot gunfire from the bottom. They rotate. They this you can tell the movies in 3D. They 3D rotate around the gunfire. They are unloading like literally thousand like, thousand rounds a minute. The, the the number of rounds unloaded in the scene in Predator looks like a drop in the bucket compared yeah. to what they're it, they're unloading just basically in the huge guns. Yeah. And well, think it, of think of uh, the end of a Wild Bunch on steroids. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You're right. And they only have one. They only have one machine gun at that point, right? So um, the, the 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 rotary cannon is probably the best way to describe it. Right. Starts destroying the walls, the building. It's killing innocent people. It's killing you know the whoever's still anyone who's still alive. It's ripping through them and, and killing them. So what happens is though, but it's tearing apart everything on that side. And when they're done, they it seems like there's no way in the world that, yeah, that, that they, Dredd could still be alive. Yeah. But what it did was it also ripped through the back wall of the 76th floor. So Anderson and Dredd go through the wall. And now they're at the skate park where all the kids are. And he goes through the wall, immediately pulls his gun because he gets who we are. And it's all the kids who want nothing to do with, they just want to you know, skateboard. And I love that scene because you're like, oh, they're out. But they're seventy five. They're, they're seventy six stories up, but they're out. So Dread immediately calls her. Immediately calls her backup, and I, I love that. Little things in movies make sense. What's the first thing he would do? He's outside. He pulls his gun because these could be hostiles. They're not perfect. He calls for help immediately because that's the first thing you would do is call for backup. He's been trying to call for backup the whole time, but he can't. So they, so they there's no way in the world you're thinking like, well, they're outside. 
We could wait there. When they, and what's the first thing that command says? Can you hold your GPS? No. no. Because he's looking around. There's nothing to defend. I mean, yes, there's a hole in the wall. But if they bring the rotary guns to that side, they'll just deny. There's nothing to defend. There's no way to defend this. So, um, so she sends in. Um, uh, um, they breach the wall. They call for backup. Mama then sends in her henchman, whose name's Caleb, because not all of them have names, but this guy does, um, to search for the judges. Um, and then that's when. They're searching and searching and searching. Well, I, I say that. She tells them all to give up. Judge doesn't throw the guy off at that point. Um, it's now when he get, he gets Caleb, he pitches Caleb out of the smoke. And yeah. mama's like, like this, like she can see just, she's just, she's not, like she's furious, but she's like, I, I can't kill this guy. Like he's like, a, you know, like a, he's a cockroach, you know, kind of thing. Like, uh, so what does she say then? Yeah. Said, How do we do this? Is call 911. Right. That, that, that. That precursor to what to what next happens was yeah. is brilliant. Yeah, so um, it becomes pretty. Clear. So he throws him off, off the tower, right? So, right? Dread is pretty sure. Mama's desperate to keep K. She, she doesn't care if she kills K. She doesn't need K back. Yeah, she doesn't want, want to talk. Talk because now he's like, I got to find out what happens. So Dredd's, Dredd's entire idea is to beat the information out of him. I'm like. It fits with his character. See, if he started trying to ask him, he's like, tell me what's going on. He's not, hey, just going to beat the information out of you. So what does Anderson say? She goes, you don't need to beat him. I'll just go get it. Right. And that, I think, that that dichotomy between, you know, I mean, just the way they look and the way they act and stuff. But Kay is, Kay is like not going to tell Dredd. Dredd could beat him to death. He's never going to tell him what he wants to know. But Anderson's like, I can get the information right now. Yeah. You know? Um and she goes into his mind and she learns that Petrie is, of course, the center of slow-mo production and distribution for all of Mega City One. And Dre now Dredd's like, okay, this has gone from just three guys who got killed in a drug dispute to, okay, Mama's trying to kill us, to this is where all the slow-mo is made. And slow-mo, we learn, is becoming the hottest drug that, that within a week it'll have taken over whatever. Like they're talking about like the the the, the amount of um, its spread is so much faster than any other drug and people are so addicted and have to, like, it's just crazy to think that like, like, okay. And now they're like, this is the building. It's all being done. So dread of course is like, okay, how are we going to do this? Well, I got backup coming on the way. And of course the backup that's coming is the two cops show up at the door, right? Two cops show up at the door, right? And what they are told they can't come in because they're in the middle of the test and now it's malfunctioned. We can't get the doors open. And they go, well, we'll cite you with this. He goes, I'm trying to get it open. It's stuck. It can't happen. So they're just standing outside doing nothing. You know, you have two good judges outside who would have been able to help doing nothing. So uh, where are we here? Um, Anderson suggests that they hide while they await assistance. But Dredd, and Dredd insists they start moving up the tower and pursue Mama. Because if they hide and try to defend, they, 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 they're outgunned. And this is what I'm saying to you. Remember I said before, you only have so many bullets, right? If you had unlimited bullets, like we you know some movies yeah. people have unlimited bullets, you could hunker down and defend something and wait for the judges to come. But you clearly don't have unlimited bullets. And Mama doesn't seem to care who she has to kill. 
Yeah. She's now killed an entire floor of people. Yeah. I, at this point, I, I'm I, I'm saying to myself, she controls the the the, the entire drug. Uh, she's like the cartel for the entire mm-hmm. mega city. What is she gaining? I mean, you can have all the money in the world. There's there's very few worldly goods that you can even use. And like, she's not living in the lap of luxury. She doesn't have caviar and champagne for for. Okay, but I think it's but it's about the control. Yeah, but again, you you and you're getting all of these what they call them credits or money. That's 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 the word that's used is credits. I don't understand what you're gaining. By having all of this, other than power. Okay, but that's the, that's what she wants. Remember, she was she was a <clears throat> a, a prostitute that yeah, was using, yeah, I, and now but now she is proving to be the most powerful. She has to be the number one. The like that's what it's that it's okay in in Escape from New York. What does it have to be gained? But he, but you have to be the a number one, the king, yeah. right? He has to have it all. Everyone has to bow down to him. It's not like he's living well. There's nothing. I mean, yes, it's really cool that my his Cadillac has chandeliers on it. But like, literally, like, what is to be gained here? You're in a hole. But to be king of the hole is the important part. She wants to be the a number one. There are still other. There are other gangs that exist. She wants to take out everyone. She wants to be the only one. Yeah. Right. But that's what it's about, Dad. Yeah. So. Anyway, so at the door, it's Judge Volt and Judge Gunther are responding to Dredd's call, and um, they're denied access um, that we just talked about because the system's malfunctioning. Okay? Uh, a pair of armed teens at this point confront Dredd and Anderson, um, and Dredd, again, he doesn't want to kill them. It becomes, it's so funny because he's so much about the law, the law, and he's, he goes, he knows their kids. And he says, what are you going to do? Going to shoot with the safety on? The safety's not on. And what does he do? Stun. And he shoots them both and stuns them. While that's happening, Kay is able to disarm and overpower Anderson and get her gun, which we know is an automatic fail. It's an automatic fail no matter. He lost it, her firearm, automatic fail. But now Kay is able to take her as a hostage. And he escapes in the elevator to go up to the top floor where Mama's base is. So now you're in a situation where you have two judges outside who could seriously help here, right? Who can't get in. Anderson's been captured. She's going to the top floor. And now it's just Dredd with limited gun, with limited bullets figuring out what he's going to do. So Dredd is going to, he's going to now work his way up to get Mama. And he's going through floor by floor killing people. And that's when Mama says, hey, what should we do? She goes, call 911. Yeah. And she calls in. Judge Lex, Judge Kaplan, Judge Chan, and Judge Alvarez. Those are their, they all have names on their badges, right? They show at the front door. Now they are carrying their regular uh, weapons, right. and it's got to be a shotgun of some. That thing is like the most crazy. Like it's just, it's huge, it's like a rifle, but it's a shotgun, right? And they tell the two the two standing at the door, which is Volt and Gunthrey, uh, "What are you doing standing outside? There's been a call for help." They go, "Yeah, we can't get in." And then he's like, and they go, open up. And it immediately opens. He goes, you're dismissed. And they send them on their way because they've now failed, right? Well, you're looking at this going, okay, you know they have to be dirty. Like, you know they have to be dirty. And since you know they have to be dirty, 
you're like, this is not going to end. Like, because now you have four judges. This isn't four crack addicts or slow-mo addicts. This isn't four, you know, gang bangers. This is four judges. Yeah. Now, the, how the door, how the door is, is open, it seems like it was pretty simple that, that they just didn't do well, some basic stuff. But Mama knows that the... These four are coming. coming. So, so she, she opens it the for them. And, right. then that, and then what happens? They walk in and it closes directly <clears throat> behind them. Yeah. So it's not as if it opened and now everything's fine. It's opening and closing, letting them in. Yeah. And no, no, but you know they're dirty. I mean, there's no like she said, call nine one one. You're like, well, you're yeah, about that's <laughs> that's what I <laughs> like, said. Call nine one one. I I mean, I I when when she said that, it I mean, it just it, it just floored me because I mean, this has not been a funny movie, but to say call nine one one means she wants the cops to come, and then when but they that's arrive, what it is. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, it's four cops, four but cops. these four cops on the take. So. um... The four, obviously, they send Volt and Guthrie uh, off, uh, from duty and are allowed the bidding. Dread encounters Chan and is suspicious that he doesn't have... Okay, so okay, so the four judges... Let's call it this. The four judges go up and they go right to Mama. And she tells them it's, it's what is a million credits. million credits. Split four ways. And they're like, all right. And what they say is... All right, where's the you know where's the other judge or whatever? Like, and the whole point is they they're going to kill Anderson, but they can't rape Anderson. They can't skin Anderson. She has to be shot, so that it would look like it was just part of what happened. She got shot, so they can't do any of the things that would be obvious that she was held by a gang that she had happened. Right. So now they now so now the judges go out. Dread encounters Chan is suspicious. That he doesn't ask about Anderson's status because Judge know Dread knows he said there's two you know two judges in whatever. Chan shows up and says, "We got your call," and Dread immediately is like, "Well, protocol says you should ask about my partner, and where is she?" And he doesn't even ask, and that's what tips him off. Um, and then of course, um, seeing his cover blown. Chan attacks Dread, but he's then killed, right? I mean, Dread kills Chan, right? Uh, meanwhile, um, Kay is trying to execute Anderson with her own weapon. And of course, what happens, it can't read his hand right. and it explodes. We saw this member in uh, in um, District, 9, District 9, right? Where you need to be a prawn to yeah. fire the prawn's weapon, yeah. and, you know? And that's, it, it'll, it, we'll get to it in a minute, but that's, uh, there's a, when I saw that, that later on, that I'll ask I'll ask you that question when we get to it, because there's another scene where Dredd has lost his gun and he picks up. No, no, he doesn't lose his gun. No, no, but no, but he doesn't have a gun and he picks up somebody else's. Okay, okay, hang his on. His gun is empty. Is empty. So what does he do? He goes. It's time to reload. He takes the the clip out of the other gun, puts it in his, and takes all his extra clip. We'll get there. That's yeah. that scene has to happen. Yep. So. Um, that's when, uh, so Kay goes to fire the weapon and it's DNA scanner doesn't recognize him and explodes and takes off his whole hand. Right. I mean, just, you know, what a great scene. And then she's able to escape obviously, because now he's now the gun is gone. So she has to use an actual rifle, an actual like M16 or whatever the heck those things are. Right. It's not an M16. It's uh, whatever kind of thing. Right. She's got in her hand. Um, and then she encounters, Kaplan, who is the female of the, the the four cops, the four judges who have shown up, but since Anderson is psychic, she reads Kaplan's mind immediately and shoots her. And I'm like, exactly, that's Anderson's advantage. 
she's not a great judge. She's not, you know, always about the law. She's not going to do it. But she can read your mind. So she already knows you're going to trick her. She's like, oh, look at you're dead. And she shoots her. And notice she doesn't take Kaplan's gun. Right. Because Kaplan's gun is registered to her, her. DNA. Yeah. Even though Anderson is a police, is, is a judge, she doesn't take her gun. She sticks with her the gun she has. Right? So, uh, where are we here? So, she kills Kaplan. Um, okay. So, elsewhere, now Alvarez and uh, Lex are now hunting Dread. When they come upon, then they go into the, where they're making. Yeah, they're so, this now looks like the scene in RoboCop where they're in the drug factory and yeah. RoboCop kicks in the door and, you know, kind of thing. Um, you know, the, 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 I mean, they're making slow-mo. They're not making Coke. Right, so it's not a coke lab; it's a slow mo oh, lab, right? But when they're in there, that scene is so reminiscent of the scene from RoboCop. But now the shoe's on the other foot. In RoboCop, uh, you know Murphy's walking in, mm. and everyone's got guns, and they're shooting him, but it ain't gonna matter because he's killing everybody. And then he throws Bodiger through all the windows and whatever, and he's like, "I work for Dick Jones" and all that stuff, right? Here, Dred's like, "I'm almost out of bullets," yeah, and he's trying to find a place to hide. Now, of course. Alvarez and Lex are there to kill him, and they are not out of bullets. And so, um, what happens is, uh, where are we uh, about? Uh, so elsewhere, so okay. Alvarez has the shotgun, right, or the the right, whatever you want to call it. And Dread has very little left to kill him with, but he has the 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 high effects, which is the high explosive. So. This guy's blowing holes and things, and Dredd, you know, he's like armor piercing, and it's dent, 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 and he goes high effect, and he shoots him with the high, uh, the high explosive, and explodes him. Yeah. Now again, Dredd doesn't grab his gun because it's not registered to him. So what happens now? Dredd is is now hiding, and Lex is now shooting through the wall, right? And he got him, and you know, and what, what Dredd says, what you know, whatever he goes, I'd be I'd be scared if you weren't out of bullets, and that's when he puts a bullet through Dredd. And that's the great scene that Lex walks around the wall and he's got him dead to rights. And Dredd says, wait, the great Judge Dredd, that's your last... And he just pontificates and he's so arrogant. And what happens? Anderson comes in and kills him and he goes, no, for her to kill you. You know, kind of thing. Like, literally, it's not Dredd trying to be funny. There's no quip. There's no one-liner. And Lex... Because Jed says to him, he goes, split three ways now. And he goes, split two ways now. He goes, um, he goes, because he says, what's a judge worth these days? He goes, a million credits split four ways. And that's yeah. when he always said, you know. You know, this these things, again, like I said, a lot of these, a lot of these, these scenes, I hearken back to movies I've seen. Two, two issues here. Not not issues, but the two things. When when Dredd gets shot, the the he's he's hiding behind a wall and the the, the bullet over the bullet, yeah. Goes through him and it hits him. He then takes out a predator kit. Well, no, 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 no. no. Uh, after he's got it, we got okay, yes, so after they kill him, right? And then what happens is Dread has his gun. He takes the clip out of the other gun, okay. and he takes the other bullet because no one. Okay, why else would you not grab the shotgun, Dad? No, no. Okay, no, no. I again, I'm watching this, and things are going by really. He's not. He, he, at this point. he has his gun. His problem wasn't his gun is empty. He puts his gun away because he doesn't have anything to do with it. But he takes his gun. He loads up. He goes reload, and then he goes basic field dressing. 
Right, and that's what I'm saying. Look, okay, okay. What do you want him to do? You want no, him to do no, like no. Stallone in and in, in, no. in uh, Rambo three and blow the bullet out of the other side no, of him? No, no. But I'm saying, but he takes this kid out, and I said that looks like the Predator kit because when he opens it, he's got the the, the salve and the, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I said that was pretty good. But the uh, but it auto tightens the stitches. It does. All, it's a right. great kit. Right. And, but and the, and the thing is, when uh, uh, Dread is being confronted, and the guy is. Lex, it's just pontificate. It reminded me of <laughs> the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. When Eli Wallach says, hey, "When you gotta shoot, shoot." Right. Don't talk. But that's but that's what I think. Yeah. I think what they were trying to go for. They're they're hearkening back to other things. Yeah. But by the same token, that fits Lex's character. Yeah. It fits their characters. Who the judges? It doesn't matter to you because you haven't read the comics. But who the judges are, their names on them matter. Yeah. Those are certain oh, no. yeah, characters. Yeah, yeah. So it would be like it would be like if you had a Batman movie. Wait, oh well. If you had a Batman movie where let's say Bane couldn't speak because Bane doesn't speak, but like you wouldn't want the Joker. The Joker needs to yeah. whatever. The Riddler needs to tell you. They have yeah. to pontificate what they're doing because that's what the bad guy does. Yeah. In re in reality, you just put a bullet in the skull. Yeah. Right. I mean, it seems like that, and and it's it, it's it's the director's. Uh, you know, ideas that that make makes the movie that much better for mm -hmm. me yeah. because I'm saying, boy, that, that's uh, that I remember that, that, and so I a smile comes on my face, and I I I I'm really invested in this movie up to this point. It makes it even better for me. Right. So now Anderson and Dread, who have now reloaded, right? Um, they're gonna go. They're trying to go up to get Mama, and they come upon the computer expert who's been doing all the stuff, but he clearly is not a willing participant. Um, and this, this guy appears to be, um, you know, he, there's, he's, I don't want to say he's be like, he, there's something off about him compared to everyone else you're seeing. He clearly doesn't want to do this. He's trapped. He's kind of been, you know, he's being abused. Um, but he, his eyes have the tech in them. So I don't know if it's tech been implanted right. or if it's just like, um, um, like it's been implanted in him or it's literally like just a contact lens he has on whatever's allowing him to see and do things but he's clearly expert who's been behind all this stuff um, and Dredd needs they need the code to the apartment and Dredd's like you know he's been he's aiding and abetting and whatever and Anderson says he's a victim I thought we're here to save victims and it's 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 Okay. Dredd and Anderson are always played against each other that way because you need to have the yin to the yang. You can't just be all violence all the time, right? So he he's allowed to escape, and she gets the code. She goes, "Why well, have the code?" He he you know he I just went to his mind and got it right. Now they they they're going in and they go to confront Mama. So now they open up this and they just kill everyone who gets in the way. Which because let's face it, why not? You know, kind of thing. And of course, Mama now tells Dread, um, you see, you see, okay, so you see Lena Headley, who's Mama, um, take something and attach it to her wrist. And you're not 100% sure what it is, but you think it might be a bomb. Because why not? Right? What else could, I mean, unless it's like going to make her grow huge. Yeah, you're not going to take me alive. Right. Wait, yeah. Right. Yeah. But this, this is no one gets out of here alive kind of yeah. thing, right? It looks to be a bomb or of something to do with a bomb, right? Um, and what happens is it's actually the timer or the detonator for the bomb, which is now synced up to her heart. And she says, if my heart stops beating, there's enough, you know, explosive here to blow up the top 50 floors. 50, right. And Dred's 
like you can see him kind of looking at her and she's like, what are you going to do? Like, because she now thinks she's won. And Dred's like, oh, I, don't, I don't think you won here. I think you have kind of, um, what's it? You know, I think we should retreat in our moment of triumph. Like, no, no. Like she thinks she's won. And Dred's like, what do you think the range is? on that and you're like oh no like as soon as he says the first time i saw the movie i'm like i know exactly what he's gonna do what do you think the range is on that and you're thinking like he's gonna like i mean you would think like cut her arm off do whatever no what is what has happened in this movie why are they even here because you throw people off the 200th floor so of course what happens is now they're gonna he's gonna he grabs her he's gonna throw her off um and Judge forces her to inhale slow-mo. So, and then he pitches her right out the window. This, gone. And we see Mama falling in slow motion. And it's so funny to, because you know this is happening in a matter of seconds, but it's taking like a, a long yeah. time, right? And here comes Mama falling and falling, and she's euphoric from the drug. And then she realizes, oh, I'm falling. Uh-oh. And you start seeing the terror so people think like, oh, well, that's not very judgmental. I'm like, it literally fits this movie perfectly. It's exactly what should have happened because her death is quick. I mean, you fall and you hit the ground and you splat, right? She's living every second of her dying, taking forever, mm -hmm. including when her face, and I love the shot because it's shot with through, it's shot like through, like pushing through the ground, right? Her face hitting the ground and just exploding. Exploded. And you're like, man, you know, and what happens? Judge is looking out and the judge is looking out the window. He's like, thought so. I thought so. There's no way in the world that the like the 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 range on that thing is 200 stories. I mean, 200 feet maybe, but not 200 stories. Because she's like, well, I have enough explosion here to blow up the top. He's like, the worst that happens is because she's going to kill them all anyway, right? If it blows up, okay, it blew up. Um, he goes, I'm taking, a, I'm betting it's not going to blow up, right? And of course, now the whole, uh, the city is unlocked and everything, right? In the aftermath, Anderson when go down um, and, um, Dr Dr and Dred's like assessment. She goes, well, I already failed once I lost my, uh, my, my, you know, my what? firearm yep. to the suspect. So she hands him the shield and walks off. Now she's been... Injured as well. She gets shot and she has to, she, they field dress her. So she's going to the, the paramedics. And of course, now the chief judge walks up to, to Dredd and says, What about Anderson? You know, did she pass? And he, like, you're thinking to yourself, going, There's no way she passed. Like, she lost her gun. She let a perp go. Like, she's broken so many laws. And Dredd is all about the law. But what you realize at this point is, Dread has done stuff that's a little beyond the law too today, but you know, in a, in you know, you know, he's getting shot at so he can kill people, like whatever. And he says she passes, and and the chief just says, "I thought she would," and she passes because he realizes that the law, while it is everything he is defined by, has to have gray area, right? There has to be gray, and. The realization, once you take dread out of black and white, it's yes or it's no, it's the law or it's, you know, once you take him out of there and have some gray, now you get a much more interesting character. He's much more interesting when there's a little gray. But it also allows for him to be different. Now, there is no sequel to this movie. 
Carl Urban wanted to make a sequel. Everyone involved wanted to make a sequel. They loved working together on this movie. Supposedly, this was a great time to work together. They had a good time, right? And obviously, Lena Headley's dead, so you don't have to bring her back, right? Kind of because she probably doesn't want to cost the most. But we only make $45 million on a $41 million budget. You don't get to make a sequel. That's right. You don't get to make one. Now, had this movie made $245 million on a $45 million budget, there might have been a Judge Dread, might have been a Dread 2, you know, kind of thing. Now, would it be really cool if they went and explored, uh, you know, Judge Death and all the other stuff? That, I mean, there's so much Judge Dread. There's so much Judge Dread. You could make a series of movies and not scratch the surface. It's like yeah. Marvel. You can make movie after movie. I mean, let's face it. Marvel makes movies. They make TV shows. They make... They don't scratch the surface on what they got. Is there cool stuff? 100%. DC, same way. Cool stuff. But you're not getting deep. You're not digging into, like, the pantheon that's there of stuff. Right. Um, and, and the one thing about this movie is, again, since it didn't make a lot of money, right? It's so funny because, like, 300... There's a sequel to 300, which you think, how could it be a sequel to 300? But it's a different war, right? right? Um, and it's nowhere near as good. That's the problem. When you watch the second 300, you're like, oh, really? Like, the first one was really good. Like, ugh. It's like, it's like watch Sin City and then watch a dame to, <laughs> ki to, to, to kill for. You're like, it's good, but it's not Sin City good, you know, yeah. kind of thing. It's hard to recapture that, you know, kind of thing. And I'm kind of glad maybe there is no sequel to Dread because I love this movie. This is one of my favorite comic book movies of all time. Um, but again, my disdain for Marvel might have something to do with the yeah. fact that I, I don't like a lot of their stuff. But like when I think of like comic book movies, people say, what's the best comic movie? I, my first answer is always Blade 2 because Blade 2 is literally amazing, right? But Blade 2 was so early on in the comic book cycle of movies. It's like, you know, predates everything, right? This is 2012. You already have the Marvel Cinematic Universe starting. I mean, it's not full-blown. It's not what we have now. But you kind of already had movies. But the whole thing about 2000 AD is that it's counterculture. It's the opposite of what's there. It's the opposite of this. This Can this movie be any more opposite Marvel? I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, it's got you know more blood, more killing, drug use, swearing. Like, you know, people are skinned alive. Like, I mean, it cannot be any more different than what happens in a Marvel movie. Right, and I think that's what they were going for. If the problem was, I don't know how much 2012 audiences were ready for that. I think now this movie would be all. I mean, first of all, you made it closer. Now this movie would hit a lot more. There are TV series like The Boys, which Carl Urban's in. Yeah. He plays uh, one of the guys in there, which is great because he's he, he's a he's a real big dude, but he's got a big uh, beard and everything in there. But like. Nowadays, those kind of things, those counter the the not Marvel, the not you know uh, you know spandex and red and blues and what like yeah. those things are now popular. Netflix had uh, Daredevil, which you've watched all the Daredevil seasons. Yep. I love the Daredevil stuff. That's grimy and gritty and like remember how yeah. anti more it's still Marvel, but right. it's not Marvel. Then you watch the Punishers. And it's like, I mean, season one of The Punisher, I literally cried the entire time because it's so heartbreaking, you know, because you like this guy going. But like, you look at The Punisher, you're like, okay, this is, can you be any more different than Thor and Spider-Man and, you know, whatever. And 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 to, to that extent, it's why people 
Who, and again, nothing wrong with the original X-Men movies, the ones Brian Singer did, like whatever, and the 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 ones where they take place in the like Days of Futures Past. Like those are really good. The 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 Fox ones, the other ones, because they tell different stories. They tell very important stories. I should say that. But when you watch all those movies, they all kind of have a certain feel and of you know whatever to them. And then you sit down to Logan, and you're like, oh, oh, this is probably the realest right. of them, where he's an old man. You know, Xavier's losing his mind. And when Xavier's mind starts going, he can literally tear apart reality. Like, it's so heartbreaking. Those kind of movies, to me, always stand out as being, I like them better than most of the stuff. If if everything is, you know, tights and capes and reds and blues and whatever, and then there's one where it's not, right? Remember we when we did Fury Road, right? Yeah. And we talked about how Fury Road, you can watch... And, and for those of you who have never seen Fury Road, what are you doing, right? And I said, well, you got to watch Fury Road a second time, but watch it in what they call black and chrome. Right. And it's in black. And you're like, oh, it's so, it's the same movie, but it's like, it hits you differently. Logan's the same way. The black and white version of Logan, you're like, okay, this hits you differently. Those kind of movies where they're so different, and this, and I think Dread Falls in this case, it's so different than what the norm would be. Alienate a lot of people. I think it pisses people off because they're like, he's not a superhero. Dredd's not a superhero. He's not. No. He's a cop. Right? But he's not a cop like RoboCop. Right? And let's be honest, Murphy grows from being, you know, Murphy who gets blown apart, whatever, you know, as Luke and I discussed when we covered it, right? But think about RoboCop. I get like, okay, well, look, look at him. He looks like a freaking, you know, like a machine, you know, kind of. Dredd's a guy, you know? And I think that's part of what I think maybe makes people not like these movies when they first see them because they're not ready for that. They kind of want that cookie cutter. Yeah. Well, you see, the, thing, you, the one thing I find with the, with them, and you know I, I'm not a big fan of the Marvel uh, universe either because of... Uh, well, the way they... You don't well, like the way they edit movies. Well, because it's PG-13. Because it, I mean, yeah, it's, it's jump it's jump cut edited and, and stuff it, like that. Yeah, it's and the thing is, But the Marvel movies have sometimes eight, nine, ten different characters. Yes. All, and then they market it to, uh, in the in the toy line, and so it's their their universe of people who want to wa- who watch these movies may not be initially the adults. It could be the teenagers, what have you. But as the as the as the kids want all these different toys, all of a sudden they take on a different persona. The 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 movies themselves, I don't think are are anything special, but they they make tons and tons of money because the 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 aftermarket life well, okay but the aftermarket life gives it gives it a whole new life Here, yeah, here's the thing hang something. on hang on hang on here's the thing a a marvel movie comes out right whatever it might be doesn't matter what it is the, the new spider-man which i know is be marvel and sony and whatever and i haven't seen it i've liked the other spider-man movies which which are which have less disney fingers on them right. they're probably the best way to say that the less disney's fingers are on it the more I like the movie, right? right? And I think that's because I, Disney, I think, is kind of moving out direction sometimes I don't always love, right? But I haven't seen the new one, right? But a lot of people I know saw it three times in the theaters, four times in the theaters, because they were like, I got to go to the theater and see it. There's that. I mean, that's the COVID thing. Right. But how many times did, did we know people, well, maybe not you, but we know like parents like, who would say, yeah, we've already seen Endgame three times in the theater. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I'm watching when it comes home. They're like, how can you not see it in the theater? I'm like, I just don't care. Right. Right. Yeah. Because I don't care enough about it. Now, 
when they first started. Remember the first Iron Man? Yeah. Remember how good that was? Because yeah. you're like, man, it's a good movie. Yeah. But we had never seen anything like that. Exactly. And it had the mix of comedy. And it, like, because Robert Downey Jr. can be pretty funny. And it's like, you know, but he's funny, but not in the like, you know, comedy kind of way. Like he's funny, like the absurdity of the situation. Like when, when Pepper walks in and it's the machines got them all. He's like, this is not the worst thing you've seen me ever do. Like those little th- lines right. are good. I feel now we stop movies to have that comedy. And we like, the movies have to kind of like, Get that in, which is why when you look back at all of them, and again, I'm not saying they're bad, but they're just they're not they're popcorn movies. Right. They're they're made to be consumed, and then yeah, okay, fine. Maybe you're if you're a comic book guy, you're gonna be like, Jay, I love those comics. We got it, right? The the idea though is it's not made to be consumed, and you sit and think on it. Right? You're not sitting there and thinking like, oh man, maybe Thanos was right. I mean, I thought maybe Thanos was right. I'm going to get rid of half of people. I got 50-50 chance of being here at the end. Oh, look, I'm not powder. Great. You know, kind of thing. But like, you you know, you start thinking about those, like, this, it, you don't think about them as deeply. When the more, they're designed to be consumed and out there. You know what's less like, and, and, and they're, I mean, the, the new Jurassic World movies, right? They're, I mean... Visually stunning. I mean, good lord, are they stunning? I mean, it looks like real dinosaurs on the screen. I'm not sitting there pondering, like whether dinosaurs come back or not. Yeah. No, but was it amazing? Was it great to see? Now you enjoy those more because there's like, there's a lot less cat. I mean, there's dinosaurs and dinosaurs are dinosaurs, and there's a lot less. You know, well, here's this guy and here's this guy and here's his backstory and here's this. You know, it's like you don't have to learn who these ten people were. Right. right? That part of it, though. Uh, I think is what separates some of the different popcorn movies. But the one thing you can guarantee is I don't care what the movie is. We just watched uh, over well, we watched it actually in the winter the the Ten Rings. Uh, you know, what, I forget the name of the you know sh- you know the one I'm talking about. Uh, Shang Chi and the Ten Rings or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that has nothing to do with the rest of the Marvel universe. I was like, wow, I like this movie because right. you learned about him right. and you learned about his family, and then there was a cool dragon. And I mean, the powers are kind of weird and whatever kind of thing. And like, uh, and you know, um, but but it's but it's a very different movie because you could just stand alone. That movie doesn't need the Marvel Cinematic Universe to support it. Right. Well, it's how many times have I told you that the first one of a series mm-hmm. where where they they explain things and then and and you and you yeah. and it's done well, you really enjoy it. Then the next one comes out and they expect you to remember everything that happened in the first movie. And so if you don't watch the first movie before you see the second one, now you're saying, what, why? And, and it okay. bothers me when they get into the fifth, sixth, and seventh. You have now the storyline. One thing about Marvel does is they, they move the storyline uh, pretty much you know, in, in sequence. But you, when you get to the sixth or the seventh and you've never seen the first ones... You, okay, but, but the thing is, that's, what they're, okay, but that's the but, whole idea. Well, no, that's if a, you're jumping in... I, that would be like that would be literally dead. Like jumping in in like the last Harry Potter movie, oh, no, having not, never seen. No. And, okay, and this is somebody who has not seen half the Harry Potter oh, movies. No, that's a, that's right because exactly I don't I'm like saying. them. But I would never want to see if let's say I watched the last Harry Potter movie, the 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 second. They made two two movies of that one book. So the last last one, right? Uh, who's Voldemort? Who's like right. the, you have no right to ask any question if you're jumping in at six no, 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 when no. there's one through five you no, haven't no, watched. Let me, let me, but when me. you've watched one through five and you're getting to six going, uh, like because you get tired of it. Yeah. And some people are like, I'll never get tired of it. I'll never get tired of it. And this is the problem. The 
if you love something so much that it is literally like one of the things in your life, like there are people who love Star Trek who can, you can say, oh, episode four, yeah, this, and they're like, oh, well, that's this one. And, and you can tell you the whole thing because it's their life. It's cool. I am not like that. I don't like Star Trek. I don't really care. I've seen all of the, I have not seen all the new movies. I saw all the old movies and I've seen some of the TV show, but who cares, right? You know, kind of thing. But like, that's not what I'm into, right? And the the one thing is, and this is, Lucas to talk about this too. There are certain things that you can pretty much know all about. Like, I mean, not know every single, but you could know all about Star Trek, right? Because for a while there was a TV show and that's all there was. Right, and then they made some movies, and you can know about those movies, and you can and you can have read the books or whatever, and you can you can know a lot about Star Trek, like a lot, a lot, a lot. Right, Star Wars, little bigger universe, but you could at some point in your life before the books and all that stuff have known everything about pretty much everything about Star Wars. Right, Marvel Cinematic Universe is not just Iron Man, it's not just Spider Man, no. it's now all these. So it's hard to know. All of it. Right. That's exactly what right. I, now, this is what I'm saying is that let's say for the sake of argument, because you talk about, I, I don't, if you jump in at the fifth one out of, out of yeah. and you miss the others, let's say for the sake of argument, you were nine, Luke was seven. Okay. Okay. And at this point, you know, we, we, we've taken you to see some of the, the Disney movies and what have you. And now the, the, the trailer comes on for, um, I don't want to say Endgame, but let's say it was Endgame. And, and, and you're sitting there, wow, we got to go see that, Daddy. And so I take you to the movies. But, we, but, but again, at that point, okay, but what happens now is, see, see, this is different. When Luke and I are nine and seven, most people don't have the availability of any other movies available to them. No, 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 you, you're not, you but, don't understand. But I, okay, but you wouldn't take a kid to see that movie, Dad. You would have to watch the other freaking no, 12 no, movies. No, 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 you don't understand. No, let, me, let me finish, let me finish okay, my fine. thought. Okay, fine. No, the, today you're nine and seven. Or, or back, All right, back, cares. Okay, yeah, let's go. Yeah. Okay. And you, the trailer comes on, and you say, "Wow, Daddy, we got to go see that." Or maybe let's say you're you're six and four, and now all of a sudden you don't have all of the all of the toys and what have you, and so you say, "We got to go see that, Daddy." So it's playing in Saturday in the at the at the local the local theater. We go and see it, and there's a thousand kids in the movie with their father or their mother okay. who have never seen the other things. The movie comes on, and the kids go bananas. What happens? You then go to Toys R Us, and you're buying all of the stuff. And for you, the movie was a one-off, and it doesn't make a hill of beans. What the hell happens? The kids are enthralled. Okay, okay but that, okay, so no, but, okay, stop. This doesn't exist anymore. That's the problem. You're talking about a world that existed in the 1980s. This does not exist anymore. First of all, kids don't even want toys. Okay. But you're, no, no, no. But listen to what I'm saying. Kids are... Every single one of the movies that comes before whatever it is, is available to you every single day and every single minute. For It's always available to you. Always available. And there was a time when if you didn't own Star Wars on a VHS, you couldn't see Star Wars. Right, right. Empire Strikes Back comes back comes out. Right, I, I, we don't have Star Wars. We don't own it. We got to go try to rent it. Try to find it somewhere. Like, when, like, that's what I'm saying. That is not reality anymore. There is no kids don't care about this stuff. Kids could care less. 
They're watching a character. All right, great. They, they it's, it's disposable to them. That's what I'm saying to you. Yeah, but no, that's in, that's in 2022. I'm talking. But about- even, okay, but even even in 20 in 2010, Dad, those a lot of those things don't exist because. But as soon as as soon as everything's been available, it is no longer about the exclusivity of what you have. If you had a copy of E.T. because E.T. wasn't available back in the day, and someone's like, "You want a copy of E.T.?" and it didn't matter that it was some guy sitting in a movie theater filming it around people's heads. You're like, "It's E.T. I gotta see it, right?" But you went to the theaters to see it. It movies like 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 what I'm just getting at is this: the movies that are popcorn movies are more disposable and people readily just, you know, it's just why they call the popcorn movie. You sit down, have your popcorn. Wasn't that great? It was amazing. Great. What are we going to see next week? Or what are we going to do? Whatever, you know, kind of thing. That is the way they're consumed. What I'm saying is there are movies that are in the same genre that are not that. And that pisses people off. That's all I was saying. Because when you look at the movies that people say, well, I didn't like this one. I like all these movies, but I don't like this one. Why? And it's the one that made him think. It's the one that made you think about something more than five seconds of, oh, snap my fingers, half the universe dead. Who cares, right? Because, again, people are like, oh, he killed all these people at the end. Like, literally, the end of Endgame, when, 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 or, um, not Endgame, Infinite War, when he snaps his fingers, he kills half the universe. And guess what? Oh, let's have a joke scene. Let's be a joke. Because they're a joke. You murdered, you know, how many infinite people? Right. Who cares? Who cares? That's all I know. That's what right, I'm but saying. that's what I'm saying. Because they're disposable and they throw away. When you watch a movie that makes you think, and it can be a genre movie, because nowadays they want you to make you think. Every movie that makes you think has to be like, you know, the Academy Award ones like Belfast and things like that. But I mean, again, I'm nothing against those movies because they're designed to do that. But the you can have a movie that's in a genre that makes you think some. Yeah. And and that's what I'm saying is I'm not saying Dread is this, the deepest movie ever. What I'm saying is Dread made you think it was counter to what you were getting. It's not the same cookie cutter. Exactly. You that, know that's what I'm saying. The more you have cookie cutter, the more but cookie the more, cutter the more sells. You become, you become immune. You know right. Right. But cookie cutter sells trillions of dollars. That's what I'm saying. That's the problem. Yeah. Because. Every, and, and again, and 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 what you're getting is you get people who like that because it's safe, it's yes. easy. Like, that's what I'm. That's what yeah. I'm, That's my point. Is that it does? You don't have to know the the the, the backstory. Okay. Because the, yeah. every movie that comes out, if you and if you're sitting there and watching the two hour uh, Marvel movie, <clears throat> and I'm sure there's another one coming out next week, and you 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 and you watch, you say that was pretty good. Ten minutes after you're out of there, you're in McDonald's and you, but that's what I'm you're saying. not remembering yeah. the movie. Yeah, right, but that's what I'm saying. If they're disposable, and the movie, but that's what I was getting at, Dad. When you look at when people say like name the ten best comic book movies, when I name ten best comic book movies, there is one Marvel movie on that list that that's part of the cinematic universe, and that's Winter Soldier, and that's the one where we first learned right. about Bucky, and that's probably the best one of them because that's really damn good for Marvel. You know why? Because it wasn't cookie cutter. It was the one that was different. And people look at that one and go, yeah. I don't know if I like that one. Right? When you talk about Marvel movies, Blade 2 is not a Marvel movie. It's a Grimaldo Toro. I mean, the, the whole point is like, Grimaldo Toro made that movie, you know, kind of thing. It's not about, like, I mean, but it's before everything. Viver Vendetta, Sin City, right, yeah. you know, Dread. These are comic book movies. But people are like, oh, but those are comic books, but they're not comic books. 
what the heck is what is what is 2000 AD? What is 2000 AD? It's a comic book. What is uh, V for Vendetta? It's a comic book. Right. What's Sin City? It's a comic book. Comic books as a, as a comic book movies as a genre get painted with a broad brush, right. and it's the stuff that's on the edges. Right, it's always the stuff on the edges that is going to be what you're going to find t- to be the people who are not looking for just comfort are going to be the ones that people like. This movie made forty five thousand dollars on a forty one thousand dollar budget. What I'm saying is that's in 2012. You put this movie out in 2018, you probably are making more money because now you've had that brush has just been painting that same wide red and blue swath everywhere. And this is why, and again, a lot of people who may listen to the show may not agree, and I don't care. This is why you and I and Luke really like the Snyder Cut of Justice oh, League. Yeah. And people are like, it's garbage, it sucks. I go, no, no, you're wrong. You can have that opinion. You're welcome to that opinion. I had to try not to fall asleep during Endgame. I had to try not to fall asleep. Like, I fall asleep during Marvel stuff. And again, it's not for lack of noise. It's not because it's, you're thinking like, well, Jay, like, like I'm not watching this at 8 o'clock at night. I mean, I know. I can't stay up late. I'm old, right? But I'm watching the middle of the day with the girls. We're having popcorners because, you know, it's better than having popcorn and sucking Haley's braces. And we're doing whatever. And Haley's excited to see this movie. It's going to be great. And I'm like, you know, and I cast those off. And you're like, whoa. Like, What? It's not that it's not loud. It's loud. No, I agree with you. That's and a, here's I, the kicker. Wait, here's the kicker. I would say the Fast and Furious movies are popcorn movies too, right? There's not a whole lot of deeper meaning, whatever. I never fall asleep in those. And let's be honest, they do things in those movies that are harder to believe than superheroes. Yeah. Right? And I don't fall asleep in those because you're like, well, and it's I'm not a car guy. See, that's the thing. I don't care about cars. A car is something that takes me from A to B. If it gets me there safely, it's all I care about. I literally don't care about cars. I've never been, you know, right. got to have whatever, right? So it's not like some people are like, oh my God, did you that see the McLaren in that? Like, I don't, oh, which one? The black one? Yeah. The red one? Which one? The car that they jump between the buildings, which is impossible? Let's forget that, right? The, the glass alone would cut you to ribbons, right? Or that Michelle Rodriguez somehow beat up Ronda Rousey. I don't think so. I know Michelle Rodriguez spent some time in the clink, but I don't think she learned how to beat up Ronda Rousey. It doesn't matter. Just saying. Right. Um, what I'm saying is, though, I don't fall asleep during those. I don't fall asleep in a James Bond movie. Yeah. Right. Because they're giving me something different. To me, when I'm watching something and I've already seen Iron Man 1 and Iron Man 2 and Thor and Thor Dark This and Thor Ragnarok, and, and I understand that. But like, when, when I first saw the first Iron Man, I was like, whoa, look at this movie. And then you get to Iron Man 2, you're like, all right, it's, it's, it's good. It's not as good as the first one, because the first one I thought had you know, just more to it. And then you get to 3, you're like, okay, this, this I like this story. I like where they're going. But it's like, but then all of a sudden, these other things start happening. That's what I'm saying. Those kind of things, they're more disposable. For people who are kind of tired of that, it is worth your time to go check out the fringe of the genre, right? That being said, there are people out there who absolutely love horror movies that are only fit into the comfort of like the popcorn-y kind of thing. I throw the Friday the 13th movies in there. I mean, we've discussed uh, on The Vault, we've discussed The Nightmare on Elm Streets and how some of them are deeper. But like when you, now you've probably never seen all The Nightmare on Elm Street movies. When, oh, okay, you have seen Halloween. Right. Remember the original Halloween? Remember how good the original Halloween is? And then Halloween 2 you're like, okay, like, 
did they just film some extra scenes and make a movie around it, right? The problem is, you remember how bad 4 and 5 are. Right. Because they're like, oh, really? And you watch 4 and 5, and there's story to them. But they're like, oh, they just don't do a very good job. And then there's 6, which even if when I watch the producer's cut, I'm like, oh, God, this is still... Like, they're trying, but it's, like, so convoluted. But then you get to, like, H2O, which was okay, which was pretty good. But you look back, and you're like, it's really not as good as it could have been. Then there's the one resurrection where he fights Busta Rhymes at some point. You're like... What is what is going on? Then they did the re not the reboot, but the new Halloween they did a couple years ago. Right. Right? And as a standalone movie, it works pretty well. Then they did Halloween Kills, which I know you hated, right? But when because you because what happened? That movie didn't hit you the way Halloween, the 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 27, 2018 one did. It didn't hit you the same way. Because it not the same movie. And when Halloween ends comes out, when that comes out, I'm hoping they kind of go more back to the Halloween and not so much Halloween Kills because Halloween Kills, as a movie, is nowhere near as good as the other one. Yeah. See, the one thing I must say about the one thing what Marvel did with Endgame is at least they got to something called Endgame. With these other movies, you you really get you really like the first one and maybe the second one, but when they get to number nine. Uh, Okay, but the, yeah, but the anyway. problem is though, Marvel's entire thing. When you look at it, they, the 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 standalone movies, like certain ones, like work because they have to tell a story to kind of right. tell you yeah. tie it back yeah. in. So they're basically doing is what they're basically doing is they have a, a storyline that runs through the whole thing. That's the Avengers, and you have these movies that right. are now telling like like uh, Thor, uh, Love and Thunder has to exist because they have to tell that story because they can't tell it in the in the Avengers right. movie because it's just too long. And if that's what they're going to do, that's fine. So there might eventually be five or six or seven Thor movies, but they don't have to be, you have to watch them in order. They have, But you have to watch them in order of what's there. Right. That's part of the problem too. Every James Bond movie doesn't have to be watched in order. That's a pretty fair assessment, right? I mean, except for The Spy Who Loved Me and Moonraker, which basically are like back to back. You can watch James Bond movies in any order you want. Except the new ones. Forget the new ones. Forget the new ones. Leave Daniel Craig stuff out of it. If you watch from Russia with Love first and then watch Doctor No, is your entire life ruined? No. No, they, there's nothing in them. No. There's nothing different, right? Because James Bond movies are not like they're they're standalones, no. right? You have to know who Bond is. The new ones, um Skyfall, Skyfall Spectre, okay. like because that's telling one story that's now told over the corner movie because they've made it connected. Right. But even like Casino Royale, I mean, yeah. Everything with Daniel Craig, they've started tying back in. Like, they've purposely tried to do that. But originally, Casino Royale had nothing to do with anything else. And then when you saw, what is it, Quantum of Solace, I think it's the second one, right? There's nothing, it doesn't, you don't have to see uh, the other one to see Quantum of Solace. You just were like, oh, now we're in Russia and he's saving whatever. So we, it's taken, you know, kind of thing, right? It's what's taken based, but it's James Bond instead of being Liam Neeson and whispering into a phone that I have a set of skills, you know, kind of thing. Well, it's okay. He whispered it to the, right. to the, to the bear or the wolf in, what was that, gray, whatever the, yeah. at the end when he puts the, he's, he puts the bottles on his, I have a set of skills. We got it, buddy. You got a set of skills. Right, what those skills might be in the in the outback in the wilderness as you're frozen to death and the wolf is just waiting for you to die so it can eat you, I'm not sure. Um, anyway, we're kind of getting far afield here. What I'm saying is, for those of you who are kind of tired of the same old superhero, you know, black, you know, I guess I, I would say painted with red and blue because that's what it is, right? There are movies on the fringes, and yes, you're saying, well, I hate DC movies, and some people hate these movies; they don't care, right? They like they won't give Shazam a chance. Shazam's funny, and Shazam is 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 a weird little movie at times, but it's funny. But then you realize like Black Adam's coming, 
Like, you need Shazam. Like, you need, uh, what's his name? Levy. I forget his first name. Levine. I forget his first name. Right? You need him because he's going to be there, right? And they're like, well, well, Black Adam might be good because, you know, this is going to be The Rock. And, you, and, and all of a sudden you're like, well, like, I kind of like this part of this. And I kind of like, but, but because what happens is, hang on, DC doesn't make the exact same cookie cutter movie each time. The director of that movie makes his movie that time. Like it or don't, that's how it is. The Marvel movies, no matter who the director is, they kind of come out to be the same, right? which is why they're so safe. Which is why when the Snyder Cut came out, you know, I said to you, you got to watch this thing and you got to, you know, commit the time and just, you know, put. And I love that they put it in chapters. It makes so mm -hmm. much freaking sense in chapters because the movie is chapter. It's books. It's stories in a book. And I know people are like, oh, I hated it. I hated it. Like, and like, we watched it. No, I didn't watch it. With the original yeah. Justice League, the original Justice League is not bad, but it's not the Snyder Cut. It's a very different movie. And when you watch that, you're like, okay, this is not the same cookie cutter movie that we kind of, the Justice League movie was fine, but it was, it was a little cookie cutter, yeah. right? Especially after uh, Batman vs. Superman. It was kind of cookie cutter. This is different. I'm not saying it's 100% degrees different, and I'm not saying it's the greatest movie ever made, but I'm saying it's different enough where I'm like, okay, I'm getting things out of this. And yes, did they add stuff that was super powerful, like the stuff at the end? and the, I mean, like, good Lord, you're like, okay. What? Why'd you leave this on the floor? But you understand when you leave it on the floor when you're trying to make a movie to compete with the popcorn, whatever. Yeah, you're trying, you're trying to, to make a popcorn movie. You're trying to get it in the two, two hours. Yeah, two, yeah, you can't be three hours. Yeah. When you don't have to worry about how long something is, it's, you know, kind of right. thing. With, and that, see, that, and that's, the, that's, that's one of the good things about the, the, the age we're in, is that it, you know that when a movie like that first came out, that there was a ton more stuff. Mm -hmm. And then you have the, the director's cuts are all over the place. Like the director's cut of uh, Kingdom of Heaven. It's oh, fabulous. Yeah, yeah. Fabulous. If you watch the the, the, the the theatrical version and not the director's cut, it's okay. You I know, think and, Kingdom of Heaven's a good movie. Yeah. But it's not but it but it it, it raises it to such a, okay. another level. Well okay, I also think the problem with Kingdom of Heaven is that it is not a short movie. No. Even but, as a regular movie. And the director's cuts is it's continually long. longer. And I think sometimes people just got a little tired. See, that's why I think... I mean, the difference is this. Remember, Troy came out around the same time. Yeah. And Troy, let's be honest, Troy is like action. Like Troy... I like the movie Troy. I like Kingdom of Heaven. It's not a problem. But they're two very different movies. But what happened, people started comparing Troy and Kingdom of Heaven. And you can't compare. Oh. Like, I mean, I understand Orlando Bloom may be dreamy, but he's not Brad Pitt as no. Achilles. And let's be honest, Brad Pitt... And that does he have clothes on in that movie? Thing he got a loincloth on at one point there, I'm sure. But like he literally like, oh, battle's over. Oh, let me take my shirt off, you know, kind of because he's Brad Pitt. Yeah, but you that's know? but that but the thing is, there's. Uh, I mean, we. I'm just saying that's why that's why you know we 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 talk about the, these uh, extended cuts and what have you that that really make these these mm -hmm. good movies great. That's why I really wish that there had been a Ridley Scott. Um, uh, director's cut of, of Gladiator. There had to no, be. No, there's not much. There's not much. I've read it. I've read the book. And what's what you're missing is there's a couple scenes that we know what happens, but when you when you realize that they're on the the Blu-ray, there's those little snippet yeah, scenes. Did. There's not much in the actual screenplay because I've read because the book itself is this the screenplay. Yeah. There's not much else there. He pretty much filmed what he had what he what was there. If you add anything else really into Gladiator, the stuff that was cut. It kind of slows the movie down. Like we don't need to see them kill 
somebody else. We, 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 they've murdered all the senators. We don't need right. to see them murder every senator, yeah. you know, kind of thing. But again, I, but there's nothing more there. But you don't see, you don't know that, you don't know that there is nothing more unless you do. Well, you read the book. I read the book. Right. But even on the discs, the, 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 the extended, the, the extra, the extra scenes, there's nothing really there no, in those. And the thing is, sometimes a movie is exactly what it needs to be because the director has put his vision on the screen. Just because the director, you know, not every movie has a director's cut. Like, that's the whole thing. Right, no. Like, there's been talk that there's a director's cut of Heat. And Michael Mann has yeah. said, there's not. And they're like, but there must be. He goes, okay. He goes, a second more here, a second more. Just in the gunfights. He goes, because I couldn't have blood spray up in the air. He goes, is it changing the movie? No. He goes, did the scene in the, like, the, like he's talked about this. He's talked about the fact that, like, there's no director's cut that's now 10 minutes longer of Heat. There's not. There's no movie. He goes, because he goes, I made the movie I wanted to make. He goes, the studios, you know, said, okay, we can't get an R on this. Let's cut this by a second here and take trim trim the blood there. Because really, that's what it is. It's, it's the gunfight when they're coming out and they're getting shot. Like, you can't show them put the bullet through the cop's head. Like, you can't show it. But it's just like a Tarantino movie. You're like, oh, there's got to be so much cut. There's not. There's not cut. Because if there was cut, he'd be like, put it back in. I don't care if the movie's three hours. He doesn't care. Yeah, but this? those movies, you don't go to a Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino, I don't care what movie it is. I don't care if it's Jackie Brown, the one all of you hate. You don't go to that movie and say, eh, it's a popcorn movie. You're not thinking about no. it. You, when you're done, whether you love Jackie Brown or hate Jackie Brown, a lot of people hate that movie. When you come out of there, you're thinking like, well, I, I did. you're talking about it. It's what it's got to be. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, no, that's what I was saying about anyway. with the Marvel movies. You know, 10 minutes, 10 minutes after that. Right, you're, you're not McDonald's. thinking about it anymore. Yeah. You're in McDonald's and now you're worrying about, geez, can I drive home or that, or is the train going to be on time to get to get us back home? And that's how it goes. And then two months later when it comes out on Blu-ray or DVD, maybe you buy it because your, your, your kids want it again and they want to see it again. But as an adult, I, I, to me, I could care less. You know, I, I don't think I own... Half of the I'm sure you of, don't, the, of the Marvel movies. Well, but why would you? Because we have Disney Plus, and you can watch well, them at no, anything. No, no, but we I mean, didn't have Disney. Plus. Okay, but you, but I own them, so you have them digitally. You can watch them anytime. Right. So there's less of a reason for you to spend twenty five dollars on a movie that you aren't going to watch again no, no, when you, you can watch it at any time. No, no, understand. But we didn't have Disney Plus five years ago. But five years ago, you well, okay. no, five years ago, if I saw it, if I was watching, but I guarantee you, if you go back and look at the ones from five years ago, you have a lot more of those than you do the recent ones. I'm going to guarantee no, no, no. you. Going to yeah. guarantee it. No. Yeah, Probably. because because five years ago, without having Disney Plus, and we didn't have streaming as much. Streaming wasn't what it was, right? Because well, this came out, we got to get this. I mean, right, right, whatever. Well, no, the only reason I would I would have bought it is because I didn't go to the movies to see it. Right. That's yes, but I'm saying is you would have more chance to do it now because I'm going to buy it anyway because it's in the next in the series or whatever, and it's going to be on. You have a chance to watch it without ever having to pay for right, it. Right. I agree. No, so, no. I anyway, <laughs> all right. So. Anyway, but, folks, yeah, we gotta get on with this. Did we, uh, what did we review today? Dread. <laughs> okay. So, 
All right, folks, so this okay, this is the Mother's Day episode of Dread because, you know, I figured for Mama that makes a whole lot of sense. Um, what's coming up at the end of May is what you were supposed to hear back when you heard Luke and I talk about Amityville, The Evil Escapes. We're going to talk about The Dark Room, episode number four. That's going to be oh. coming up at the end of May. And then this summer we've got, um, you know, a bunch of, we've got, we got some other movies celebrating um, some anniversaries as well. So, um, you know, next time you hear us, it'll be Dark Room, episode four. And then, like I said, we have some anniversaries movies hitting their anniversaries. This movie just hit its 10-year anniversary. Hard to believe that 2012 is 10 years ago, um, but it is. Um, people say to me, oh, it was like 20 years ago. I'm like, 20 years? The 70s? No, 20 years ago was 2000. Yeah. Right? 2000 is 20 years ago. To me, 20 years ago is the 70s. Right? Or maybe the 80s. Maybe the 80s. You know, kind of thing. But it's certainly not to year 2000, which still seems like it's in the future. Anyway, so uh, that about does it for Dread, ladies and gentlemen. We will um, be back again with um, Darkroom. If you haven't, if you've been keeping up, make sure it's episode four of Darkroom. Go watch that one. Um, and so, uh, folks, actually say around here, keep those cards and letters coming. And keep watching the skies. This is Tokyo. Once a city of six million people. What has happened here was caused by a force which, up until a few days ago, was entirely beyond the scope of man's imagination. Tokyo, a smoldering memorial to the unknown. An unknown which, at this very moment, still prevails and could, at any time, lash out with its terrible destruction anywhere else in the world. Hi, folks. Luke Giaconetti here. I'd like to ask you a few questions. Do you like giant monsters, or as they're called in Japan, Daikaiju? Monsters like Godzilla, Rodan, Gamera, King Ghidorah, or Mothra? Do you like more obscure monsters, such as Gappa or Yangari? Do you like giant heroes like Ultraman, or super robots like the Shogun Warriors? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then I think you might like my podcast, Earth Destruction Directive. I'm a dedicated fan of all things Daikaiju, and I'd like to share that with all of you. Please check out Earth Destruction Directive at twotruefreaks.com. Earth Destruction Directive, where we turn your Daikaiju dreams into city-smashing reality. This has been an episode of Bots, Bugs, and Babes, the B-Movie Podcast. If you'd like to contact me, please email the show at botsbugsbabes at gmail.com. If you'd like to find me online, I'm on Facebook under my name, Jason Jacknetti. I often contribute to the Two True Freaks Facebook group. You can visit my Facebook page, The Art of Horror Collective, and you can search the hashtag, The Art of Horror Collective. On Instagram, find me under my name, Jason Jacknetti. And search the hashtag, The Art of Horror Collective, as well as the new hashtag, Bots, Bugs, Babes Podcast. I'm the only one using them. I'm also on Twitter, at Jason Giaconetti. And you can visit my webpage at www.theartofhorrorcollective.wordpress.com. All movies, characters, stories, music, etc. are properties of their respective holders. This is a fan work, and any use of any property is purely for review discussion, entertainment. So don't sue me. I ain't got anything anyway. There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow.
you, Scott.